Okay, so maybe it's just me, but it is beyond time for us to finally give Kim Kardashian her fucking flowers. Regardless of how you may feel about how she got famous for a sex tape, or your feelings towards keeping up with the Kardashians, which I must confess, I found myself on several occasions binging on, or any other surface level bullshit that you might have a problem with, the work she's been doing regarding prison reform and social justice cannot continue to be overlooked. You see, we praise our favorite rappers simply for saying things like free this person or free that person. They could slap somebody's face on a t-shirt and we salute that shit without question. So if we can give them all the glory when they just talk about prison reform and when they talk about what they wish would happen or should be happening, then why are we so reluctant to give it up for a woman who has at this time actively helped free 17 inmates and counting, including getting a woman out of a life sentence that she did 21 fucking years for and most recently helped to stop Rodney Reed's execution and get his case, which might I add that someone else has confessed for, reopened. So you guys make this big deal about how she lobbied and visited Donald Trump and efforts to get him to pardon Alice Marie Johnson simply because you hate Donald Trump. But shit, I don't even give a fuck if low-key Donald wanted to grab her by the pussy and thought that this was his way in. Regardless of the reasons or the motivations behind it, it got done. And a woman is now reunited with her family as well as 17 other non-violent first-time drug offenders serving ridiculous ass sentences. See, a lot of y'all probably have a lot to say about it. A lot of y'all probably have a lot of questions too. But let me ask you one. Why didn't anybody lobby Obama or Clinton? You know, one of the presidents you like to help get her out. She was locked up for 21 years, and it took this woman who a lot of you refer to as a worthless hoe, a bad example, and famous for no reason, to get the job done. Matter of fact, I'm sure a lot of y'all who aren't professional liars can admit that you're probably just like me, and you never even heard of Alice Marie Johnson until Kim Kardashian told us about her. Now, if you're one of the many people who has given her her flowers and shown your support, then this round of applause is for you. But as for the rest of the internet, Expeditiously. I'm KJ Bryant, and it's not just me. The following program is for adult audiences only. Those motherfuckers! All right, all right. Welcome to It's Not Just Me podcast. I'm your host, KJ Bryant. I shouldn't have to keep telling you that um, because I'd say it in the intro music. But anyways, I had a lot of shit to take care of out of town this weekend. So I am recording from a remote location, but it's all good because I got a bunch of guests and I'm calling in on the phone today. So, I mean, we're going to talk to my homegirl Jada as usual. She's going to help me with some unpopular opinions and other shit. Um, I got my boy Chilmo, you know what I'm saying, the other half of high society, and we going to get it in talking about some sports and the shit that we talk about. And I got producer Grammy Davis Jr. He's taking a little bit of time out from some meetings and things that he has going on in New York um, to talk to me about some current news and dive into this Grammys conversation. And I have my girl Hollywood from the Truth Pill podcast coming to drop some truth pills on a few of these um, controversies, including the Monique lawsuit. And then at the end of this um, episode, hopefully I have arrived at a place where I truly understand what the fuck everyone is talking about when we say the term industry plan. I mean, I know what you mean 
I know what I mean. I'm just not sure if we mean the same things. So we're going to do that, um, talk about some new music. We're going to talk about the MORE Act, and if you don't know what that is, then you can keep on listening, and we'll let you all know about it. Um, right here on It's Not Just Me podcast, to set it off, I'm going to start the show off with a burn notice, and then we're going to get right into calling niggas. Alright, so this burn notice is going out to the game for this new joint Stainless featuring Anderson Pack. Rolling on the 105. I don't drink when I drive. But I gotta do it high. Blowing smoke in the sky. It's something you should try. Swear to God, it's a vibe. Got stainless on my side. This pretty thing by my side. Says she rolling with the vibe. Yeah, she rolling with the vibe. She rolling with the vibe. She rolling with the vibe. 2 a.m. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends when you tag along. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends when the tag alone. You and your friends. You and yours. You and your friends. You and yours. If I'm stunting, then I'm stunting. If I'm tripping, then I'm tripping. Lambo truck with blue laces. Tell Nipsey it's crippling. Still the 60, still shoot it with precision. He's a strong man, boss. You niggas sit down while you pissing. Picture me rolling like Pac, nigga. But I ain't Pac, nigga. I be in that beamer with a cock, nigga. Death row chain just for the trip. I'm not affiliated. West side, nigga, so they really hate it. I be out in Las Vegas at the MGM. By the crap tables and some MCM. And it's Monday, I'm looking like somebody MCM. Niggas better watch they bitches, I be in DMs. Baby Lane killed Pop, niggas killed Baby Lane. Buntry was busting back, Heron died in his chain. A fatal car crash killed Fatal Hussein. R.I.P. Gaddafi, riding no, down no, memory no, lane. Rolling on the 105, I don't drink when I drive. But I gotta do it high, blow the smoke in the sky. It's something you should try. Swear to God, it's a vibe, got stainless on my side. It's pretty thing by my side. Says she rolling with the vibe, yeah, she rolling with the vibe. She rolling with the vibe. She rolling with the vibe. 2 a.m. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends when you tag along. 2 a.m. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends when you tag along. You and your friends. Shugged, the hating shug, the fucking with him. 28 years, a long ass time, just fucking with him. Talk to him on the phone, the other day. Yeah, what's good, bro? What's going on? Ain't too much. Oh, alright. We are just trying to take care of what we have to take care of. Yeah, you already know. You are live on the podcast, just so you know. You are live. <laughs> this mic is live. 
Just in case y'all didn't know, that's my man Grammy Davis Jr. He down there. Um, you in New York right now, or are you in Atlanta right now? Yeah, yeah. All right, he in New York cooking up like he do. Um, so did you hear about the Moore Act? The Moore Act, like Moorish American people. No, no, no. The Moore Act. The Moore Act, basically. Um, so just recently, there was a bill that was introduced mm-hmm. and passed. Um, by the House Judiciary Committee, they approved it called the Moore Act. It stands for the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act of 2019, and it passed 24 to 10 after two hours of debate. And basically, what the bill does is removes marijuana from the list of federally federally controlled substances, and it will allow states on a state level to set their own policies. Yep, I did hear about it. Now, what people need to understand is that if this is only the, this is this is bill. This is the first stage of the legislative process. So exactly. don't get too excited about exactly. It. You know, it's but, not it's not legal yet. This is this is the start of it becoming legal. Right, and this is um, a necessary step. Like I've been telling people lately, that my predictions were that on the 2020 ballots there will be a referendum for the general public to vote on, but it would um, just based on regular adult recreational use, right? So on a state level, wow. different states can still, you know, legalize it on a state level. But the problem is, is that transporting it, moving it, actually the industry growing to to the heights that it could be is going to come down to the federal yeah. level. If you look at the problem that California has been having, it's really that they have a surplus they can't move. They, they can't sell enough of it within right. the state and they can't move it outside of the state. So like this act right here is big on you know the stocks for for some of the top marijuana companies like rose like fucking like 41% like <laughs> in a few days. Check. Um, I actually have CGC, so I didn't even check it. Yeah. Let me see. And they said that was expected to double. They said that was expected to double in. It's at eighteen bucks right now. I'm thinking that um, it will definitely do forty bucks by next. Yeah, but by sometime this time next year. All right. It just really depends. It really depends on how. Um, first of all, how the government repurposes a lot of the funds. Because that's one of the companies that um, they would actually get, you know, funding from the government because they're a completely um, legit company. Um, my whole thing has been that really it's it's like this, you know, we we have we live in a, a society where they will actually <clears throat> uh, imprison impoverished communities for um, doing the same thing that literally could be legal, um, and it's not as bad as. Well, companies like Johnson and Johnson are doing. You know, you have Johnson and Johnson companies like that bringing in the bills of dope. Um, you know, you have major finance corporations like J.P. Morgan Chase, one point three billion dollars worth of um, cocaine found. Um, and you know, we live in capitalist America, so you get it how you live. You know, not right, saying right. any of that affects. But what what does affect? Um, what 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 makes the kind of the playing field a little bit uneven is when you. And, and uh, you imprison impoverished kids for doing the same thing that you're doing uh, uh, in corporate America. So, right, yeah, it's, but, it's um, a good, it's a good. But that's also part of the legislation. So, part of the legislation would be, um, I mean, you can't really unring a bell, but it would be the closest thing that they could get to it, to where. Anyone who has been previously to now, you know what I'm saying, um, convicted of crimes that involved solely uh, marijuana, you know what I'm saying, there there would be an expungement plan 
in place that would, you know, process these people out of the system. So obviously you've seen that Twitter has been going nuts off of this freaking Big Sean verse on Janae Aiko song and shit. And it's crazy because even though women invented the word, I guess, aren't these chicks so thirsty right now out here? <laughs> like, 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 like it's, it's a shocker, I guess as far as like shock value can be in a song, but it's like, we're talking 24 hours. I'm pretty sure that yeah. I can go for, I, I, I can get, get one to go for more than nine in a 24 hour period. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm pretty sure I've probably done it before. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. That's the thing, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like this. Most ordinary guys are doing it, but if a celebrity says it, it just goes ham, you know? Uh, and a lot of times the celebrities get the idea to even write something like that from an, an ordinary guy. Um, and not to say that celebrities aren't ordinary, but um, it's just they have a bigger voice. You know, they can voice the things that someone who doesn't have as large of a following um, as them can voice. So, I mean, I, I get it, man. It, may, it makes sense for the for the women to be going ham off of, um, you know what's what funny about because... it though? <laughs> the funny thing about it is that now when I be thinking back to some like Janae Aiko songs and shit, because she got this one song called Maniac where she's talking about like, some crazy sex shit, but the song Triggered makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I yeah. bet you, I bet you yeah. Triggered. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I think she had, she had said something about, um, she had made an IG post um, and this was like around the time that the song was coming out, talking about she was triggered and this, that, and the third. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure whether to follow this as a, uh, you know, uh, if this is clickbait or what's going on here. <laughs> I ain't going front. Yeah, I ain't going front. Her with the little, um, what's that ASMR shit or you know, you know what I'm talking about them little weird ass videos. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I think I'm getting ready to do one of those just on some promo shit, <laughs> put it on my Instagram just to push the podcast, just on some bullshit, just because I don't get it. I think I'm probably one of the only people who don't understand it. Like, is that supposed, I don't know what that's supposed to be. So when I look at it, I'm not sure if I'm in on the joke and that's the worst thing when you're not in on the joke or is it, is it even a joke? Like, I don't even know what that really is. What the fuck is that? No, it's, uh, it's, um, it's the auto, auto anonymous, uh, sensory meridian response. Basically right. what it is, is right. um, I just said that for the listeners, but it's more or less of binaural beats pretty much. Um, but it's basically, um, remember, remember that song, um, let the body sit the floor, let the body sit the floor. It was like a rock song. Yeah. yeah. But what they did was they started off whispering, let the body sit Oh, and then okay. they got but here's the thing this is just basically whispering so um how media works is basically if i whisper something in your you know what i mean if i whisper like oh uh, if i put your beat of mine and you know i'm whispering in the, in the bottom of that beat and you can barely hear it uh grammy davis jr is one of the best producers in the world when you get done listening to that beat you're going to think that grammy davis jr is the best producer in the world because all you did was listen to the beat um, on the conscious level, and then you subconsciously oh, picked up. So I just ain't so listening to some shits long enough, so they ain't even getting all into my subconscious. You know what I'm saying? I'm a conscious level, <laughs> surface level bullshit. Yeah, all right, I get what I'm doing. So it's me who's fucking fucking up. That's why I don't get it. All right. So there wasn't a lot of music that came out this week. Um, well, not a lot of music that I was excited about that came out this week. I was excited about Tinashe's album before I got it. 
Um, there's a couple joints on there that I like, but now it's one of those things where. Huh? Well, on Apple, I said it's number one album on Apple Music, so people agree with you. Yeah, but still, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess my expectations. I, I think I feel like I'm the only person in the world that still thinks she's a superstar. So my expectations are so much higher that yeah, that that the records that, that I got on there, it's like all right, I get, people who like her will probably like those songs. But I think she's supposed to be bigger than that, so I don't like those songs. Do you get what I'm saying? And as a fan, okay. as a fan, I'm like, I have the duality between the fan and the creator. So it's like, I understand that maybe she didn't want to do the songs that I think she should have did, right? Maybe she just wanted to do these songs, and that's for, that's her prerogative, right? But no, it's her prerogative. But I think that's what the problem with artists are: is they try to um, what they do is a lot of times they'll say, "All right, well, my voice is for me, and I only want to use it for the songs I want to sing." not understanding that their voice is for the world. And if sometime they would experiment with people's songs that come to them and say, look, I have this song that you would be perfect for, you know, they don't think it's perfect for them because they, it's, it's not like they didn't come up with it. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it really didn't fit in their, you know, what, what they think is, is, is fire for them. And um, I use an example all the time. Usher's uh, song. Yeah. was one of his biggest songs that he ever cut. Um, but, Usher, they had to basically force Usher to to cut. Yeah, you know when it was first presented to him, you know he didn't like it, and um, you know after a few phone calls and stuff like that, they actually ha- had him get on it. And next thing you know, it's a number one hit. You know, probably debuted at number one. Um, not for sure about that, but even if it didn't, I'm not sure why it didn't. Right. Um, um, but yeah, probably at number one. And you know, like I said, it was a song that he didn't even want to cut, but is one of his biggest records and. What it did was it advanced his voice. So now everything that he cuts after that, that he really, you know, that he likes, he has a bigger voice to do it, you know? So sometimes you have to just take some of those um, those records. Like even me, you know, I used to write all my, my stuff. Um, but I seen when I started letting other people write for me, I got some different outlooks on, you know, how music can be made. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So look, so the rest of the projects that did come out, um, Trippy Red dropped a love letter to you for. I listened to a couple cuts off that. It was all right. Iggy Azalea is supposed to drop an EP called Wicked Lips. She might have at this point in time. She just didn't earlier when I was on. Um, no, Trippy Red dropped a, a project today. Action Bronson and Alchemist dropped a project. They dropped um, an EP called Lamb Over Rice. Um, Summer Walker put out the record that her and London teased on Instagram called Something Real with Chris Brown. But interestingly yeah. enough, the nigga Party Next Door snuck one out featuring Drake. He snuck one out. Yeah, he snuck one out real He's quick. Down on um, Bowery. I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that Rihanna's album is probably coming out in December or January. It's got to be coming out soon because it's, it's got to be done done because Party Next Door... I didn't have that information, but it is classified. We're going to have to talk about that off air. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about, it off, we'll talk about it off air. But next week is going to be... Um, it's interesting with the releases because the game put out... All right, the game put out this album cover. Have you seen it? Have you seen the game's album cover? Mm-mm. All right. I'm going to check it out. Is the, the album's called Born to Rap, and he's in the studio writing a rap with a whole bunch of pregnant chicks around him doing everything that a pregnant chick should not be doing. Like, there's mad lean, and they're sipping, <laughs> rolling, oh, wow. rolling up blunts, they're in there gangbanging and shit. It's, 
<laughs> but when you look at the track well, list, you look at the track list, yo, this shit looks like it's going to be hard. Like, I mean, it opens up with a record called Sea of Sin featuring Ed Sheeran. And then right behind that, you got the joint with Miguel. And then you got a Dom Kennedy joint. Skip the, he got, yeah, he got a joint with Nipsey on here. He got a joint with 21 Savage, a joint with Bryson Tiller, Stay Down. Him and Marsha Ambrosius got another joint. Yeah, him and Mar- Marsha Ambrosius got another joint like they did back in the day. I always like hearing them together. But I mean, 19 through 21. You said what? He's bringing Red Cafe out. Yeah, he got Red Cafe on a joint. And then look, 19 through 21, he hit you with an Anderson Pack joint, a Chris Brown joint, and then a Trey Songs joint. Oh, you got my man D Smoke. He got my man D Smoke yeah, on there. He got D Smoke, and that's on a perfect record. I can imagine what this song sounds like. Cross on Jesus yeah, cross back. On Jesus back. And, and just um that yeah, last supper, that last supper joint that he performed at the end of the um rhythm and flow. That, that I feel like it's gonna be one of yeah. these type of joints like that. Like that's his bag right there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's definitely his bag. Fab is so. coming out next um week, Black Friday, with Summertime Shootout Three, and Griselda is dropping their first. I guess you want to consider it label debut album. Their their debut studio album pushed through the Rock Nation deal. Um, called What Was Shane Do? WWCD. Um. And I expect that I expect that to do good in a different way. But I ain't going to front. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them and that one of those records is not supposed to work at radio is going to work at radio. And not saying that radio matters, matters, but it does to an extent still when it comes to pushing the needle on certain conversations for a lot of these artists. But, man, Griselda... I I didn't I slept on them for the longest time. Santiago really put me onto them. I had never even heard of... None of them niggas until Santiago had told me about him. Like I had heard of Conway the Machine because one, um, yeah. because Eminem signed them. So I heard the name when I heard Eminem signed such and such and such and such. But I didn't really know about their music like that. But even bigger than that, this nigga Conway is like they make the super gangster, you know what I'm saying, New York music, but then he's still able to incorporate all the charisma and then the fly god persona that he got. And he has, like, clothing lines that are killing it out there, like, low-key. Like, well, not even low-key, but the general public or the casual fan doesn't really know that Fourth Rope is their shit, you know what I'm saying, and House of Glory that they're working on right now. So he was talking um, in an interview recently about, you know, really just how long they've been grinding for and that now, after they dropped this album, he's really got the crew in position where he can do his next best thing to where really doubling down on this fashion shit. And then it led me to an interesting story about Jay-Z that apparently he bought back $15 million worth of intellectual property from the company Iconics that had bought Rockaware back in the day for an estimated $204 million dollars. But then they wrote it off. And Jay-Z, I guess, has been in court with these motherfuckers since 2013, I guess. And I don't know. I don't know. They said that Jay-Z was supposed to do, like, a deposition, but he didn't want it to be videotaped because he didn't want the testimony to leak. And then, basically, it just comes down to him buying back $15 worth of intellectual property. So, it's like, I know what intellectual... Snitching if you, you know, you say, look, this guy didn't uh, hold his agreement. You're not snitching if you do that, you know? But I'm wondering, 
I'm wondering what that means as far as him and Rockaware. Like, because they were very vague just saying 15 million worth of intellectual property. But it's like, does that 15 million include the name Rockaware or does it include like the logo? Does it include like what what entails in that? I don't know. I'm going to look at it and see what's going on just because, I mean, it, it, it's Rockaware. I always thought that Jay Z was going to regret that. Yeah, what what happened basically was, um, you know, basically them, um, Echo, remember Echo, Ed Hardy, right. Pony, you know, companies like that. Basically, um, the Iconics, the, the brand group, they lured companies like that in, you know, including Rockaware, and they're doing business um, basically by lying about their financials. That's how they got on. You know, they, they got the companies by lying oh, about their financials. Oh, they did some fire fresh shit. They did some fire fresh shit. All right. And then they offered the money and, and, you know, didn't provide the services. So that's pretty much how that went. And so now they're suing them get their intellectual property back. Because what they did was they signed their intellectual property over based on uh, the contingencies or um, no contingencies, as I'm actually saying. But um, they signed all the intellectual property over um, to them based on, you know, them promising to provide a, a certain amount of services. You know, they signed the um, intellectual property over. They didn't provide the services, so now they're in court. And it didn't only happen to Rockaway; It happened to Echo, you know, Ed Hardy and Pony as well, so. All right, well, speaking of, you know, lying and swindling people out of money on some shady business deals, Ja Rule has been dismissed from the $100 million Fire Festival lawsuit. And, um... I haven't really been watching that growing up hip hop shit. Like, I mean, I watched like maybe like one or two episodes just on some caught it on TV, but I did see on the trailer, Ja Rule talking about he going to do another festival. And now that he's been, um, you know, dismissed from this case, do you think if Ja Rule were to try to pull off another festival, the magnitude of what Firefest was supposed to be the way it appeared like it was going to be, will he be successful? Or do you think that, there's no one in the world that would be stupid enough <laughs> to fuck with that shit. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's just that um, <laughs> the way media works is that with Jarvel wanting to do something um, and the way that 50% portrays him in the media. Now, 50% has a number one show out. So people are basically on his wheels right now. Right. You know what I mean? So, with him saying something about Jawa's festival, one word can kill it. <laughs> I'm saying one word about You can't, you can't blame this on 50 like, in the future. I'm not blaming it on 50. Right. I, but I'm using this as an example. All right, all all right. right. 50 can say one thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm only just using this to say this. Ja Rule doesn't have the best public, um, you know, perception. He All doesn't. Right, I follow you. you know, I follow after, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after 50 doing what he did, um, you know, buying the label and, you know, this, that, and the third, and again, not blaming it on 50, but um, you come from being, you know, hardcore rapper to um, being bullied in the media um, by, you know, another rapper. Um, and so, you know, media just goes, it, it's the culture to, deal with whatever rapper is the bully, not deal with the rapper that gets bullied. You get what I'm saying? Now it is, it, it's kind of um, leveling out, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of leveling out with stuff like that. But in this era, you know, you have 50 Cent bullying you, 
you can't really do much. So if you want to do anything that's going to be huge, um, and he has a number one show out, and all he has to do is say one thing, you know, you really need to do things silently. <laughs> and so you should work with a silent partner with um, with maybe a Live Nation or someone, uh, maybe like an Ultra Music, um, or you know, one of them, like maybe um, maybe the the producers of Rolling Loud. Work with you know um, some of them um, silently. Just put your money up and and take your money out of the back end. You know, don't don't don't. I don't wouldn't necessarily say try to be the face of it. You don't have to be. You know, all you got to uh, really all you need is to put your money up, and you know um, they can use your knowledge and and things like that. Let let someone else be the face. Because I I look at it like this: an artist who has enough money to um, to book another artist. Why be the face of an event? You know what I'm saying? If you're an artist that's a, uh, like you're coming up, you know, and you're a coming up rapper and you can book future, you know, um, to an event that you'll make more money than future will off of that event. Right. Say future charges, you know, um, say future charges of half a million to come out. You can get, you know, a venue um, and everything and, you know, do all the promotion. Um, everything for $2 million and you can leave the concert, you know, with $4 million. Even if you leave the concert with $3 million, $2 million in expenses, you walk home with a million. You didn't use yourself as the face. You still took home money and smart artists, they would have opened up for them, you know, and you made more money than the artist that um, you hired. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so the thing, the move for him would be to do another one of those silently and hire Fifty Cent. All right, all right. So, there's something that I'm going to try to get to the bottom of during this episode, and there's go- there's going to be a few people who I'm going to talk to, and I'm going to ask them this same question, and I'm hoping that I get closer to understanding what I'm trying to understand. So, just to get to where I got to, let me just explain. All right, so we all know that the Soul Train Awards just happened, you know? And Lizzo... Shout out to my man, Jesse Collins. Huh? He, he also produced Jesse Collins Entertainment. He produced um, he produced Rhythm and Flow. He's the producer of the Soul Train Awards. Okay, so... Yeah, so, so... So Lizzo won Video of the Year for the song Juice. And she won album slash mixtape of the year with Cause I Love You. Now, the first interesting thing is that it's the first time I've seen album slash mixtape actually acknowledged in a category. But it just said album slash mixtape of the year. It didn't have a genre specific or subgenre label to it. However, let's acknowledge that it was on the Soul Train Awards. So you would assume that the music that they would be celebrating on this award show would be soul music. I understand the other side of the argument, but I just have to play this side because this is where it starts to get confusing. So Ari Lennox obviously was pissed off. Look, before, before you go further, I want to point this out. When you say Soul Train Music Awards, that doesn't mean the music that people are being awarded has to be Soul Train type music. Right. If Soul Train is, you know what I mean? That's kind of the theme, I guess, of the show itself. And that's you why know, I wanted to talk to you about this, because I get that, but I know the listeners don't get it. The listeners 
are going to drag us for the point of view that I'm pretty sure both of us probably agree on. But we're just going to arrive there. So 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 let's let's move to the next part of this conversation. The Ari Lennox. Ari Lennox goes on Twitter as a fucking meltdown. Shea Butter Baby will always be special. I made a soul album for black people. I made my album for black people, LOL. Then she said, it's not just an award. It wasn't any award show. It was the Soul Train Awards. As you can see, I'm a big fan of soul music and a huge fan of Soul Train's history. Being snubbed was always something I expected and was definitely prepared for, just not by them. Now, here's my thing. In this category for album of the year... In, in, in this category for album of the year, it wasn't just her versus Lizzo. It was a couple other people. And one of those people was her. Now, her, if I were to choose who out of that category should have won album of the year at the Soul Train Music Awards, it's her. I love Sh- Ari Lennox's album. I had that shit when it first came out. Shea Butter Baby was a bop. I played a couple of them joints and promoted them. They're on my playlist right now. Like You can go look at the All the Vibes playlist on Spotify right now, and you're going to see at least three Ari Lennox records from that project. So it's not like I didn't fuck with it. It's not like I'm not a fan of the music. But in that category, you did not have the best album of that genre in that category. Lizzo, on the other hand made a pop album. So I don't even know how she was in the conversation other than the fact that she's the big, one of the biggest artists on the charts right now. And for uh, uh, an award show like so train, they need viewers to look because no one has been really paying attention to their award show the same way how we regard the VMA. So part of the blame, I think, has to be on the R&B artists for Mad Gears who haven't been going to the Soul Train Awards. Like every R&B artist who wasn't there unless they were on tour or had some legit reason to not be there, they're probably the reason why a a Lizzo pop project wins album of the year. So I think Ari is pointing her anger at the wrong person, but then it goes back into this conversation of industry plans. And that's where I was trying to arrive at. This is where I'm confused at because I don't know if I, if my definition of an industry plant is the same as everyone else's. And what I think, what I, what they think is an industry plant, I think is a manufactured star. But a plant, I'm not sure. So if I were to ask you, what would your definition of an industry plant be? Yeah, I, I think an industry plant is someone who, like you said, um, grows over time, you know? Um, Lizzo has been doing this for quite a while now. So, you know, you don't, um, expect someone like that to just be, you know, overlooked after she puts out three, I think it's three number ones and she's been doing it for quite a while. Um, but, but here's, here's the overall thing. I think artists need to stop thinking that their music isn't good just because a group of five people or 10 people that, you know, choose these award winners. Don't pick them for the awards. Stop thinking that your music isn't good enough. Stop thinking that you didn't put your all into it. You did put your all into it. It's just these five or ten people just think that, hey, someone else should win the award. And and that's just that, you know? Because for me um, as so a fan, times- yeah, I didn't expect her to win, and I didn't care either way. It annoyed me that she needed the validation from them and that us, the fans, yeah. who had been rocking to the project, yeah. weren't enough. Like, it kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah, but I get but, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh wow, 
Like, all, all what, we, we're, we're sitting here doing all this for you. We're buying all this shit, and you're worried about somebody at a Grammy Award that probably hasn't never even purchased your album, has never been to any of your shows, you right. know? Right. You got to understand that. And not to say that the um, people, you know, on the Grammy committee don't go to shows and, and they don't have personal relationships um, with some of the artists, you know, not personal to where they're, like, calling them every day, but personal relationships meaning... Um, they, they are a personal fan of these artists. You know, a lot of times we just, you know, get caught in our feelings, you know, a lot uh, like, you know, cause Ari is going as far as saying she's going to quit and, you know, all that type of stuff. Ari, listen, baby, don't be doing all that. You're doing too much. You're being a, you're being a, uh, in her feelings female right now. And I don't want to say that, but you're just being in your feelings. You're no, you, you. They're gonna tell you that's toxic. <laughs> Someone is in your mentions right now telling you that was toxic. No, that's what I'm saying. Hey, they can say they can say whatever they want, but what, 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 here, here's what's toxic: um, needing <laughs> validation from other people to move forward in what you actually love. So, so what, what's being done here? She's saying she's gonna quit. <laughs> right. <laughs> After the Soul Train Awards didn't pick her, why does she need their validation if inside herself she already knows that she's good? Okay. Why do you need any outside validation? The fans oh, love it. Look, I'm with you. All the validation. I- I'm with you. It's just that I'm starting to learn that as the listeners grow with the show, that they all think that it's just, they, see, see, I called the show. It's not just me, but for some reason they really think it's just me who has my points of views on some of these things. And I knew that you understood what I would have been trying to say. So I figured I might as well let you say it to them this way. They can see it's not just me that fucking has these <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get, bro. Well, look, I did find. I, did I, like- I, I found the in, the internet's definition of industry plant, and their definition is an industry plant is an artist who has record label or power player backing for their movement, but represents themselves publicly as an entity that organically created their own buzz in the entertainment industry. And what they're really saying is that an artist who an artist who appears to be independent and appears to have grown organically but doesn't have a clear origin yeah. story, basically someone who the industry planted there to be a star um, because they were able to appeal to a certain demographic that they're trying to sell product to. Now, Lizzo has talked about at one point in time that, you know, all she wanted to do was rap on trap beats and this, that third in the studio before she started working on different records and have more of the sound that she has now. Now, she's signed to Atlantic Records. So, quiet, I mean, not even quiet is kept. I'm pretty sure I know that there was a machine full of motherfuckers that had smatted ashes, you know what I'm saying? And she got the pick from them, and then she probably added her little here and there, here and there, probably wrote some verses, switched some melodies, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure that the differences in her sound when she first started, when none of us talked about her, and the sound that she has now that dominated Billboard charts, some of that is manufactured by the label. But that is a given in the business. But I don't think that that makes her yeah, a so plant. So, so my, yeah, and my, my definition of industry plant is you've been doing it for a while, right? You've been doing it for a little while. Okay, at some point you get noticed and boom, 
it, it just happens like that because you've been doing it for a minute. Like you I know? used to think Chance Art, the Rapper was a plant. Art, I'll give you an example. I used to think Chance was a yeah. plant because Chance. Because no. but here's the thing. This is why I used to think it. And it's the only reason why I used to think it before I started rethinking my definition. I always thought that Chance was secretly signed to Apple. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So I knew he was independent putting out mixtapes, but I thought that secretly Apple is pushing the, the the conversation behind the scenes. So they're spending the money. They're making sure that you're everywhere. And that's why I'm seeing you everywhere. I turn on my Doritos fucking commercial and you're there. Like shit like that. Like I always thought that Chance was signed to the corporations that weren't the record labels. And I've been talking about, you know, the new pseudo label system yeah. that I see happening to where it's like right now, I'm a hundred percent sure there's a rapper that's signed to Fashion Nova. I'm a hundred percent sure. I don't know who it is and I'll never know. I'm not supposed to ever know. That's in like, I mean, uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. If Fashion Nova is smart, they should be signing rappers because they're tastemakers in, in fashion. Because right now you don't the record label structure has lost its function because once artist development went away, then label became a service more than a function. You understand what I'm saying? So now if you have the money, you are the record label. Any company with the money can be the record label right now. But like Fashion Nova is one of them to where it's like they're just two everywhere. They're getting so much money right now that I'm pretty sure a couple of these artists secretly are signed to them or they have something to do with yeah. it, but especially the independent ones especially the ones who we know is not signed to any one of the four you know what i'm saying if you ain't signed to one of the four in some way shape or form one of these other corporations is putting money back there because because here's the thing um what they do is the four you already know they don't give artists friendly deals and so if you have you know you have built your following yourself you know, all you need is a little bit of money. You have your team already together, and all it takes is, you know, a little bit of money. These companies, they're businesses. They're looking to invest in other, you know, they're looking to, um, uh, um, they're looking to basically um, expand, you know, their, their portfolios, pretty much. They want to get into a little bit of investing in this and investing in that. And so if it makes sense to invest in an artist that already has a team and already has numbers and all, and they're going to do the deal with me, it's not no back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because the deal is already friendly to them. And they, I already have, you know, um, connections with this person and that person and this person and that person. It makes sense. Right. So I was looking at a lot of these um, Grammy, um, you know, categories because the nominations came out. And it was just part of my research, just looking at all the records that Lizzo, I mean, all the um, the the categories that Lizzo was nominated for, for Grammys, just trying to compare it to the Soul Train joint. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, it just seemed like they're just plucking any record they can from her project that fits a certain mold and saying, all right, record of the year, truth hurts, song of the year, truth hurts, best new artist, Lizzo, best pop solo performance. So, and best R&B performance and best urban contemporary album. It's weird as fuck. I don't understand how you can be um, nominated for all three of those things right there. But then again, I do. I really do in real life. I'm playing the, the role of the casual listener who doesn't get this. So I went and got these categories and I learned something that I didn't know, which 
it's telling me that all right i'll just explain it because I'm, I'm going off on a tangent but best rap album you only need 51 percent of your album of your playing time to be new rap recordings for you to be eligible for best rap album meaning that you don't actually have to have a rap album to win best rap album it just needs to have at least 51 percent rap on the project in total wow that's crazy so, so these these categories are very vague when it comes to what you can get nominated for so when you think about you know what i'm saying um like best um all right Best New Artist. An artist will be considered for Best New Artist if their eligibility year releases achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness and notably impacted the musical landscape. Meaning that the Best New Artist does not have to be new at all. Because they're not considered new until the public acknowledges them. I don't even know how you measure the public's consciousness. <laughs> But that is part of the the consideration for best new artist. So it's like, yeah, we can plug her in. You know what I'm saying? Even though is she really is she really a new artist? I don't know. Album of the year. Award to artists and feature artists, songwriters of new material, producers, recording engineers, mixers, mastering engineer, credited with at least 33% playing time of the album, if other than the artist. So <laughs> if you did all that shit but it only equaled up to 32% of playing time of the album then you as the songwriter producer, recording engineer mixer, masterer is not eligible for an album of the year consideration. The artist is for record of the year because record of the year and album of the year are two different things record of, record of the year <laughs> Yeah, this shit is mad weird, Joe. Like, I was just reading through a bunch of these shits, and I'm just, like, looking at them, but it's just fucking crazy to where a lot of these categories... You'll be surprised on the qualifications. Like, some of these qualifications are just, like... Man, if people knew, like, how to write legally, because, like, you know, one thing about um, wording, you know, especially, man, it's just words... Like it's it's literally words, um, and just because of how the words are set up, like 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 I said, Soul Train Music Awards. Is it is it Soul Train Music? Is that one group of you know, or is it Soul Train then music? You want those fucking look? Not to not to cut you off, but you're no fucking crazy. Right? I'm looking at right now. Best rap performance, even though I know they're not going to win because Middle Child from J. Cole is in this category. How the fuck is Clout <laughs> Offset featuring Cardi B uh, for consideration for a Grammy for best rap performance? Uh, I like the, I lo- I like the song too. That shit, that shit slaps, but nah. <laughs> they're, looking at, they're, looking at, they're looking at the performance of the, their vocals. They're not looking at the best, you know what I mean? Looking at the performance of the vocals, so, um, I would have to go back and listen to that and, and really see because they both they both killed Look, it. Listen to and here's the category. Look, this is the this is the nominees: Middle Child, J Cole, Suge from ba- the Baby, 
Down Bad, which was the Dreamville joint with J.I.D., J. Cole, Earth Gang, Young Nudie, you know what I'm saying, Boz. Then you had Racks in the Middle, Nipsey Hustle with Roddy Rich and Hit Boy. And then to round, oh, to round up the category, you got Clout, fucking Offset featuring Cardi B. Not to say that I'm the song like, wasn't hard. That song was hard, but that don't belong in this category. Not with these four records. Uh, because I think it, 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 it now, and this is where I get on the Grammy committee, <laughs> you know, uh, call me Grammy Davis Jr. Um, because I think the, the, I think the categories need diversity. You get what I'm saying? If you put all of the hardest stuff in, you know what I mean? And the categories is like, bro, you gotta understand people will have like, you know, um, your artists like, uh, J Cole or Drake or, Kendrick Lamar, that, that really, really, really have some of the best performances that I've seen, it's like no other artist would really have a chance if you don't diversify each of those categories. You get what I'm saying? Facts. If I could just line up the top five artists that I have in my head, you know, and be like, all right, cool, well, they got the best performance of me. I, I, I don't really hear no performance out of, you know what I mean? I don't hear no good performance out of anybody else when it concerns them so you know i think that's a good um good way to keep some diversity you know in and and then also it's about the people too you get what i'm saying right all right so before we get out of here you know what i mean um i just wanted to so i'm talking people hitting me on snapchat and saying uh who are you um, that nigga, do your research. <laughs> All right, so Tori is smoked that fucking Chicks Tape 5 album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, them, them, I, get, I clap. That's my man. I yo, that. Low, low was bumping. That. You already know, low bumping the shit out of it. I was with Low last night. He came and scooped me up. So I went out there to go fuck with him on the website. Fuck with him, fuck with the vinyl cutter and the sublimation printer and all that shit like that. But yeah, nigga, he 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 been bumping that shit. But um, him and Chris Brown apparently got like ten more joints like in a stash, and niggas getting ready to try. I'll uh, probably do like a collabo album. Like that shit's going to be nuts. That's gonna be crazy. That shit is going to be insane, yo. <laughs> Man, I got I got some more stuff I can put you on too, but. Um, as, as time gets closer, you know what I mean? Um, as time gets closer, um, I definitely will put you under that because that's, that's far. Cause he pull up. You definitely know I need the exclusives. I've been getting a couple niggas to send me a couple of exclusives. It's funny because low key, you know, um, man, Jay the Great, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a particular joint that I'm waiting for that joint to drop, yo. It, it's such a smoker. That shit's gonna go out of here, yo. And it's so crazy because I can't say anything when that shit is fire. And when it happens... Hold on, man. He's been, he been, he been working. He came a long way. I remember, um, I remember, you know, it was, it was, it was like years back, but, um, when he first started um, tracking and things like that, um, you know, we both started as musicians. So a lot of times as a musician, um, when you first start tracking, um, you don't have all of the little things. And um, But, like, he, I've really seen him crack at it and crack at it, crack at it, you know. Um, took advice from people like me and took advice from um, a couple other, you know, dope producers. And, you know, just really started cracking at it, cracking at it, cracking at it. And um, 
and made a way for himself. So, you know, like any producer that's out there, just sit there, crack at it, get, you know, get um, mentors that are already um, doing it, you know, get, get uh, training from them and just, you know, keep at it every day and um, something will pop. Now, one thing you do have to understand is that you do have to make it a business. So you do have to make records with intent to sell them, not just cooking up. You know what I'm saying? Not just cooking up beats. Make records with intent to sell, saying, look, this record is for this person and this is who I'm going to sell it to. Or I'm going to place it here for sale and I'm going to market to this group of people. Right, you know, so. right, right. All right, so... But uh, that's more on Radio Play Sound Academy. Make sure you guys sign up for the Radio Play Sound Academy. Um, yeah, coming. Yeah. See, we can definitely. We, I, I want to bring you back in for another conversation on my new show that I'm getting ready to do soon called Burn Notice. And Burn Notice is really, you know, focused on, um, you know, music talk. Like it's 100% music, but it's really more of the nitty gritty, the ins and outs, industry stuff, different production shit, different little secrets and jewels and gems and all that. So, um,. Matter of fact, I got a new trailer for it. I'm about to play that shit real quick. Let's, this is going to be the intro for it. Burn. Hold on. That's the tag. My name is KJ Bryant, and this is Burn Notice. Burn. As a songwriter, producer, marketer, and music lover, I've always had the pleasure of meeting, discovering, and working with some of the most amazing talents. Nowadays, in an ever-changing industry, the music game is more competitive than it's ever been. Due to advances in the internet, the convenience of streaming, and the rise of social media empowering the independent artists both as creators as well as entrepreneurs. But it takes more than likes and follows to stick around in this culture. The true staying power belongs to those who can keep it real, who can keep it lit, and bring that heat with consistency. Bottom line is, once you've been burned, you're not going anywhere. Ben. Notice. 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 You've been burned. Fuck with that. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be the new show. But um, speaking of burn notices, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get into the first burn notice of the day. All right, so this burn notice is Party Next Door, the news on It's Not Just Me podcast. Put Drake on the record, you should have put him on this one right here. 
What's up? Hey, what's up? Not much. Um, we on live. Oh, we live? We live and direct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. All right, all right. So um, let the people know who you are. Well, I'm um, Hollywood. Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I'm from the DMV. Uh, I started off as a rapper. Then I started um, doing producing and uh, doing concerts and all types of stuff. So now I'm doing uh, the podcast, uh, The Truth Pill, because, you know, the truth is a hard pill to follow. Yes, that truth pill. All right. So I decided I wanted to call you up so I can get you to drop a couple of truth pills on a few topics that I was talking with some of my friends about today. So um, one of them was dealing with Kanye West. Now, it seems like I, I haven't been able to get away from talking about Kanye West at some point in time for the past couple weeks because each week he just jumps out with something new and it's it's getting ridiculous so he was on Joel Osteen which is the huge super church it's like 10 million viewers I think they hold like 40,000 something people and it started me thinking damn this thing might be getting ready to do like the super church tour and then him and Dr. Dre are working on Jesus is King 2, and now he's doing an opera. Do you think that this is all a, a rebrand, basically? Or is Kanye West seriously just like, you know what? I'm going to just do what the church has been doing for years and make money off the people using God. Let me get some truth on that. I mean, it's really kind of hard to say because... Um the truth is a lot of people are not, you know, uh, uh, putting God first uh, as far as their music and uh, their lyrics and, and those type of things. So, I mean, we got to give it up to Kanye for that. We can't, we got to stop taking, uh, you know, accolades from people because we don't like them or they, we don't like the way that they are uh, presenting things and, you know, so forth. But I mean, yes, it is. The, the church is a business. You know, that's why I don't go to church anymore. The church is a business. You know, they're not you know, always there. He is making money off of it, but he's also uplifting people, you know, through music. And right, because, I, I mean, don't want to take that fully away from him. 
You know I, what I mean? I heard that the tickets were actually free for that particular event at the Joel Osteen thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I heard that those tickets were free. It just, um, there was a I lot think of... I think a lot of other events is doing it free as right, well. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, as crazy as it looks, I don't know how much of a problem I have with it because I haven't seen him start trying to monetize it other than the album yet. But then again, even if he does, I don't know how much worse or better that is than what the churches have been doing forever anyways. Right. But see, um, I would say the, the truth about that is that's a forecast, you know, because right. we got to think about what's going on in the present and what he's presented, you know, thus far. You know what I mean? So if he if he's going to remain to have to listen, when you're talking about music, right? They don't make the money off of the album sales as much as they make on the concert tour. Right. So right. it's definitely not money. And from what I've heard from 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 Yeezy is that he's about to hit the billion mark with the with his with line the, and everything clothes, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's not about the money. I just feel like he's like, damn, I'm a billionaire, about to be a billionaire. I mean, why can't I just you know make the music for the most high? So I mean, but but I would say this: the only thing I'm gonna say, keep it real truth pill he's not preaching the truth of the uh, that we are the the hebrew israelites and that we are the chosen ones of god like he's not he, he's he's on the on 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 jesus and if he's not presenting the black you know jesus as you know a man of color of jesus is i'm, I'm going to have to take a couple of points from him for that all right so Last week, I was um, in my little lifestyle section. I'll be trying to throw this little section in the show where I'll be talking about relationship shit and little bullshit I'll be finding out about. Just like I'll be on the internet, like looking through Google, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and then you stumble on some <laughs> shit. And then I stumbled on this shit called micro cheating. And basically, it was small opportunities that people create for affectionate behaviors that fall outside of their relationship. And there was all these doctors and all these, um, you know, journalists and shit writing mad articles about this thing. Like, I didn't know that this even existed. So I found examples of micro cheating. And I guess a bunch of people who they polled voted on this shit. And I'm looking at the percentages. So I wanted to get your opinion on number one and number two, right? These are the um, lowest going from one to 10. So these aren't the worst examples, but it's just a number jump that 24% of people think that contacting an ex on social media would be considered micro cheating but 37% think liking an old post is considered micro cheating and 41% think repeatedly visiting a profile so if I'm reading this correctly it's saying that if I go to a profile a lot and like an old post that is worse than me contact that is worse than me contacting someone that I used to fuck with on like Instagram or some shit. What what do you think? What one would what do, be worse for you? What do you mean you? by old posts? What do you mean by old posts? Like if you go scroll to one of their older posts like looking for a picture to to click like on, like a picture that they posted like 10 weeks ago, but I go you know, so your man go scroll through their Instagram and click like oh, on an old oh, post, okay, like not a, not a recent right. post, an old one. Like oh, he had to be. Oh, okay. I never thought about, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. That's pretty wild. Um, but I can, I can, 
I could understand that, you know, you're kind of like, why are you going back there? You know, like, why why are you, you know, liking an old person, you know, opposed to your ex or contacting your ex through social media, whatever like that. Like, you're going back to it. So I think it is a violation of the relationship, but is it, is it, is it micro-cheating? I guess you could... You could call it that. I mean, if that's one of one of the quote unquote new word you want to call it, but it's, I, I want to know what the penalty is for micro cheating. Like they didn't make that clear to me. Like it's clear what the penalty uh, is supposed to be for cheating, cheating. But what's the penalty for micro cheating? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it can be a penalty, even a penalty for cheating, because it's like you got to kind of find out why that person was cheating on you first. I feel as though right. when when it comes to the cheating, I I can't really be you know blaming that person you know, sometimes or whatever. Because it's like, why are you cheating? What's going on? You know what I mean? All but right. I mean, I don't know. Micro cheating is crazy. So the That's top it. three is where it also got interesting because you're looking at the opposite percentage of people. So it's like 88% of people were saying sending nude photos is a clear violation. That's micro cheating. Cool. I get that. Interesting thing is I want to know who the 12% of people are who don't, <laughs> who don't think it was a violation. <laughs> the people that are doing it. <laughs> people that are doing it like, dude, it's okay with me? Uh, it's like, it's cool. All right. So, Monique has finally filed this lawsuit against Netflix. And I'm not sure if I get it. I mean, I get it. I know what she's doing. I know why she's doing it. I know what she's upset about, and I know what the net, what the lawsuit says. I just don't know if, through this whole thing, that she's been discriminated against simply because she is a a woman and b because she's black. I think she's being she was blackballed, and Netflix just really just didn't want to fuck with her. My theory is that they offered her a price that they knew she would turn down so they didn't have to do business with her, but not just her, but her and her husband. So I didn't want to make any assumptions, so I went and did some research on the highest paid comedians for Netflix specials. And of course, some of the people who she is um, comparing herself to was Amy Schumer, who made $13 million on her Netflix special. However, Amy Schumer is the seventh overall highest paid comedian, period, in the year of 2019. Some of the other guys who she talked about, like Dave Chappelle, obviously he got $60 million for three different specials, so that's $20 million each. Jerry Seinfeld got $100 million. However, he already had a show with them in the first place. Is Monique asking, thinking that she's worth more than she actually is, or am I off here? I mean, how much was she uh, offered? I, I she was clearly offered the lowest amount of anybody. She was offered only the lowest five, amount, but did they say actual amount? Five hundred thousand dollars is is what Woo! is allegedly what the what the offer was. Yeah, like, whew, that that is pretty. That's pretty low, right? Right. But I do want to say, in the, as far as Monique, she is like overpricing herself. Uh, I would say because, like, when you're when you when you're talking about how much you're getting, you're getting it because what your past is, just like any other job. You know what I mean? What your past experience, what you can bring to the table, how many you know tickets you sell, how many fans you got, you know those type of things. Thank you. 
So, I mean, I don't think that Monique is that high of a, of a pain, I would say. Of the, if everybody's getting, if Amy Schumer got, how much Amy Schumer got? Amy Schumer got $13 million, but 13 million, overall, she probably could have got a good two. She could have got a good one or two. Million. Well, here's the thing. Overall, Amy Schumer is the seventh overall highest paid comedian, period. Of the, yeah, but she's a white, you know, exactly. White so, so, and that, and that was the part of it where it's like I don't know how high Amy Schumer is regarded in the world of people who think she's funny. She's not a person. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I don't really know what the gauge is on her, but apparently in her world of people that think she's funny. She's funny enough to be the seventh overall highest paid comedian. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Monique is, if we have even regarded her that way enough for a company like Netflix to think she should get paid more because how do they come up with these prices in the first place? I'm pretty sure it's based right. off of how many people they think is going to tune in to watch. And I don't know when the last time I went on Netflix and searched for a Monique movie. I don't, I can't. She don't have that many movies. That's I, what I'm saying. Right. She doesn't have the credentials. She doesn't have the credentials to, to do that. 500,000, if I was her, I would just fuck it. I was like, I, <laughs> like, I, I'll take it and work my way up again. You know, because she ain't really part of popping. So like, you know, but if, she, but if you're doing comparison salary, yeah, to Amy Schumer, she, 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 she would be at least, I like, I see for at least 2 million. Now, you know what I'm saying? If it, you know, something like that. Now there is a pay gap, and it, that's real. So the pay gap is real. And yeah. I don't want it to sound yeah. like I'm trying to like make it seem like that women in general are not getting paid as much as men. We know that. And there's executives at Netflix. That is part of the lawsuit that I can fuck with because she is also attacking the corporate structure of them, saying that there weren't enough black people on the executive level. They could have been involved in the negotiations that might have mm. suggested that she should be paid more. I, I mean, mm. it's and I guess she can prove that based on I'm pr- pretty sure Netflix doesn't have any black executives. So, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I feel like she's tying that into her beef with Netflix. And that's where I think it's fucking it up at. Like, I hate it sometimes when people tie an actual issue into their issue and then it all becomes this one big issue to where it's like there's points of this lawsuit that don't directly have anything to do with her, but they suggest the overall white conspiracy at Netflix, I guess. But then she brought Tiffany Haddish into it and basically she, I guess, tried to make it seem like that if Tiffany Haddish was making more money or got a higher pay from Netflix, that it was because of her standing up or going going against the grain or whatever, but Tiffany Haddish had came out and said that, you know, she had negotiated a deal with Netflix before Monique came out and said that she was only offered five hundred thousand. So apparently she got paid more, but she didn't say how much. But like her, she's had recent hit movies. She had other deals with Netflix at right. the time that she negotiated. She had to deal with Groupon. She's on the funny to me. right? But but she's more popular right marketable. now. Yeah. Yeah, she's marketable. And I though. think that that's where Netflix sets the price at. They're like, we don't right. even care how legendary or funny you are. We just care how many people are going to care to watch you. Eddie Murphy's different. Exactly. Like, Eddie Murphy's different. He's supposed to probably get, he should get $100 million. Like, yeah. Jerry Steinfeld is Jerry fucking Seinfeld. I, I in his world, he's the funniest guy ever. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's kind of, I, th- <laughs> I, I think, think he's pretty funny. I mean, I think he's pretty funny. I think he's pretty funny, but 
I don't know if he's a hundred million dollars funny, but that's not for me to gauge because I, apparently Netflix knows when Jerry Seinfeld comes on the screen that all of hit. these people, yeah, they're watching it. They're making if he, they give him a hundred million, they make a five, a ten hundred, a hundred thousand, a hundred million. Like they're making some crazy a billion. You know, they're making a billion dollars. They're gonna make money. You know, they can give away that type of money. Give me always, always, always check the pockets when you can see well, how much someone someone can give away. This is like how much they got. <laughs> and then low key, you know, the husband um, has been spoken of saying that the husband Sydney, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people that make the deals, like he's her manager basically. And he was the guy who filmed and directed Fat Girls, that movie she was in back in the day. And two other movies, like when you look at his little IMDb database or whatever, the mm-hmm. only three movies he has is three movies that he did with Monique, two of which no one's never really heard of uh, other than Fat Girls. And that one is not wasn't like a smash hit movie. It was just like, you know, one of those movies that we watched and then we didn't watch. But um, I don't know, like it it just seems like that there's a whole lot of shit behind the scenes of why no other network other than Netflix, like everyone's trying to compete with each other in the streaming wars right now. I would think mm-hmm. that if Monique should be a high demand comedian who should be paid a high demand type money, that another network who wants to compete with Netflix would have made an offer to her, but not BET, not Hulu, not Amazon, not Apple, not nobody. Not even and she was bad. She was blackballed. That was that was that's what it is because she you know speaks the truth and you know people who do certain things and you know it comes with the territory. So it's like she should have just took what she could have took, you know, because it's like you 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 out here taking a hit. You out here taking a hit with what you're saying. So well, another person who's taking a hit right now <laughs> is um the Tory Nutton. She's taking hits from everywhere. Fifty um. 50 made her cry, I guess, with the little Goro side-by-side um, picture, the little meme on Instagram. But then little Kim was on Hollywood Unlocked, and she was asked about this fucking Notorious movie again. So, of course, they were just trying to be messy. But um, she really went in on her a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, about, um, did she really do that bad playing little Kim in that movie? And then, do you think that the little Kim movie will be better than the big movie. Because it's one of these situations to where it's like, Kim was mad because she feels like she was portrayed the wrong way. But from our side, looking at it from the fan perspective, Biggie's wife was Faith Evans and his girlfriend was Little Kim. And I would think that Little Kim's perspective of their relationship was different than the perspective of other people who were looking at it. And I think the people who were looking at right. it is who influenced the writing of the movie. So should she really have a beef here with Notori Naughton over playing her? Because I mean, I'm mean, of course she's going to be mad about it because it's her, but I don't know. What do you think about it? Um, well, uh, when it comes to those type of TV movies, I mean, well, not TV movies, but uh, a lifestyle uh, biography movies, it gets pretty tricky. Because, like you say, it comes uh, boils down to being perspective, you know, and people have different perspectives of, of you. So it gets pretty tricky if you're not the one presenting, you know, yourself in the biography. 
um, um, I was a part of the, uh, well, I knew, I knew some people that were in the, the movie and, um, I seen the movie and I was at the premiere. It was, it was great. I mean, I think she did a good job and I think that she could, you know, play a good job as little Kim. Right. So Kim was, um, mentioning that Tiana Taylor, um, would be good playing her. What? And she kind of said it like, just like, um, cause she was, she was talking about how Notori was the wrong choice, basically saying that she has nothing in common with her. She's nothing like her. She didn't say what everyone assumes. And it's because little Kim doesn't, um, because Notori was a darker skinned girl. She didn't really, but she never said that. So I'm not even going to speculate on that, but that's what the article said, but you know, they should throw some bullshit in there. But she did. She did. She did mention Tiana. Ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they try to do. Yeah, but but she mentioned Tiana Taylor. Um, but what, I do to play to play, to play her, and she said because play who, yeah, she said she played the. Get out of here. She said she did the best um of her when she did the um what was it you know when they did a little tribute and Tiana Taylor came out and performed. Little Kim okay, was she like, could perform, but right. not do a whole movie. Stop yeah, it. Right. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Sit down, Tiana Taylor. Have several seats. Okay, have several seats. I'm <laughs> trying to play Little Kim Woods. Sit down. But I don't even think that she, I don't think she's trying to play Little Kim. Little Kim just said her, like basically trying to say, y'all should have had Tiana Taylor. T- right, right, <laughs> okay, right. This, hold the- on, I think that back there. Stop it, Little Kim. Stop it. <laughs> Get out of here. Have I feel like that when Little Kim does this biopic that apparently she's working on behind the scenes, that we are gonna get what when it comes to the biggie part of the story, I swear to you, she's gonna look like the main chick and Faith is gonna look like the side, yo. That's it's gonna be the flip of the story, right? And then Faith is gonna be beefing over that movie, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, why watch this happen? Because I, I feel like that was her main beef with the movie. I don't think that her beef was with Notori as much, but right. she just fired off at her because I guess I don't know, she was an easy target. But I feel like her main beef with the movie was that she from her perspective, she was the main chick. And from our perspective, she wasn't. And we'll never know what the truth is, but it's just going to be interesting to watch. I mean, there's always, when it's like that type of situation, it's like one of the girls, when, when you when you know for a fact that this is, it's two girls, with the two girls and they know about each other, basically, every, they both think that they're the main. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, even if you spend more time, like, here's my thing, he's, he may have been married to Faith the whole time. They were on the road doing shows and they had, you know, came up together. You know what I mean? So it's a different type of bond than even with his, that, even though that's, that's his uh, wife, it's still a different type of bond though. They have more time with each other. Right, right. You do got a good point. Actually, all right, you know what? I didn't even think about that perspective because. True, still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> so 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 in reality, it, it, she could have been the main joint for real. You know what I'm saying? And like, even though yeah. Faith had the title, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. 
All right, so before we get out of here, I've been asking everybody who I talked to today. I talked to my homeboy, producer, uh, Grammy Davis Jr. up in New York. And I talked to my homeboy, Trey. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what everyone's take is on this um, phrase that everyone uses called industry playing. And the, and the reason how I even got to talking about this was what? An, an industry plant. Like a, a someone who's been planted into the industry. I don't know. The, oh, plant. Okay. Yeah. So it started with the Ari Lennox went on Twitter and she was freaking out and having a meltdown because she didn't win for album of the year at the Soul Train Awards and because she lost to Lizzo who she doesn't believe made a soul album. Even though she didn't really say it, she said it. Like in between the tweet, that shit was there. You know what I'm saying? We knew who she was talking about. And it made it made sense a little bit. But then the articles that start coming about out, they reconfirm this 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 theory that people believe that artists like her or artists like um I've heard Russ, I've heard Chance the Rapper, I've heard all these like different artists every once in a while, and they label them as an industry plant. And once people start using a word too much, then it loses its meaning, and then everyone starts using it for everything. So then I started getting confused, and I'm like, all right, what the fuck is an industry plant for real? And I went and looked up what the definition was, and basically, they're calling it a person who the record label secretly signed, but they still appear to be independent. So you think while you're becoming a fan of them that their growth or that their buzz is like organically created. That's another word that I hate. <laughs> everything everything isn't organic. You did that shit on purpose. <laughs> right. Um, but do you think that Lizzo is an industry plant, A, and B, do you think that if if industry plants exist, would we even know who they are? Like, wouldn't that be the whole point of it being a plant that we're not supposed to be able to say, Hey, that guy's a plant. That guy's a plant like Illuminati. Like I've never, as soon as, as soon as they tell me somebody's in the Illuminati, I automatically know they're not in the Illuminati because I'm not supposed to fucking know it's a secret society for a reason. It's not a secret, but everybody knows it. So what is your take on the industry plant? Um, Okay, I can't answer A because I don't even know who these people are that you're talking about. Besides, she's the girl that has the. She's the girl that has the. Um, I just met a DNA test over on the. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm sorry, she's I'm like a, a nerd. She's I like a real. She's like a real big stuff. girl who's a. They're gonna kill me for that. She's like a real. Wow. Oh, I think. Oh, blah, blah, blah. okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right, all right, okay. Yeah, now, yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now I know who you're talking about. All right. Ooh. All right. I'm getting up there, man. Listen, I got grown kids. Um. All right. I think I don't. I don't know her to say anything. You know about her, but as far as industry plants, there are industry plants. Who do we know? We don't know. But they. I do believe that there is people that they that they plant. I mean, a lot of this stuff is strategic. Like, if you don't know. Um, the history about um, uh, cash money or whatever. A lot of people feel as though that they were that they were industry plants to make people, you know, start uh, uh, buying jewelry and clothes. Remember, it wasn't like that beforehand. You know right, what I mean? Beforehand, right. it was it wasn't really about your clothes and what your uh, and what you were. It was about your lyrics. You know what I mean? And how and how you were uh, 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 hot on the mic. 
but then after after Cash Money, you know, was one of those people that got put in the plant and got some crazy deal, which made people feel like they can attain that, like it was, you know, the NBA or something. Like, I can be an NBA and, you know, make it and get big, get rich. And this is what they did. You know what I mean? So this is what they did to play off of us, you know, here and a lot of people. That's why we ain't got no more leaders, really. We got more who wants to be rappers and live that right lifestyle. So that's what I feel about. That is an interesting take on it because I, and it fits my theory that yeah I don't I don't think that the industry plants that are here that we know who they are because it takes away the point of it being a plant like it's it's one of those things where it's like if I know that you're gonna respond to a certain person in a certain way then yeah mm-hmm. I'm going to secretly go pump a bunch of money into their situation and I'm not gonna tell you about it. Because I know that you're going to buy it differently if you think it's all coming from them. But eventually people are going to find out it's a plant. It's going it's to uh, come to start, it's gonna come to fruitation. You know what I mean? Some people are going to be like, hey, wait a minute. I just, just like I was saying about you know, later on in life that we realized that the cash, what happened with cash money. We just thought it was some new bling bling new, new stuff. They end up putting that junk in the dictionary book. What you gonna tell me that stuff wasn't wasn't planned and and, and, and maneuvered? It was in a, it's in a dictionary. When they start taking niggas uh, words and putting it in the dictionary, huh? right? Shit, I come on, thinking, you gotta think uh, about it. I was telling my homeboy earlier that I think that um, Fashion Nova is like a record label, low key for real, or like they they can function like one. I'm pretty sure that they have done a similar function as a record label at least on the level of singles and EPs I'm 100% sure just don't know who you know what I'm saying but I mean they're the companies that have massive amounts of money that they're making and shit I'm pretty sure that there's artists who done did a single deal through them low key and it come out in the video and they got Fashion Nova on in the video and they show, sharing the video clips so, you know what I'm saying like cause you know the Fashion Nova deals that they're doing with the models imagine what they're probably doing behind the scenes with the music where it's like oh, yeah, there could be yeah. plans coming from everywhere like I, I know there's somebody signed to iTunes I know there's somebody signed to Spotify we don't know it but they are <laughs> you know what I'm saying oh yeah <laughs> no I definitely I definitely agree all right, well, it was good talking to you. I'm going to go ahead and um, play some music, but it was good talking to you, Holly Hood. I'm going to hit you up. Great. Thanks for dropping, All right. thanks for, oh, thanks for dropping some pills. Yeah. You guys got to go to the, um, and my um, IG is Long Live Holly Hood, and the other one is Truth No Podcast. Get up with me. All, all right. right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep, y'all definitely got to go check that out, all right? All right, so this next burn notice is something real. Summer Walker featuring Chris Brown and London on a track. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Notice, notice, notice. notice. Uh, you been burned. My last nigga was a bitch nigga. I need a nigga with about six figures. Yeah, someone who know what to do with it. Someone who ain't on a goofy shit. I need to know what you gonna do. I ain't tryna go through days I go. It's some bullshit that I went through. Not the same with you. Come make me feel away. Okay, so I never change. Yeah, we leave all the pain. Make me forget those things. Oh, I wanna lay with you. See what this thing will do. Yeah, put me on something new.
I put that wrist underwater. Girl, I might just give you a daughter. Girl, I know. Baby, get it sweet. Let me show you how it feels. They say it ever came. Baby, relieve all your pain. Thank you for getting those things. Yeah, what's good? What you doing? Oh, shit, I'm at Robbie House right now. Oh, all right. Well, you live. Well, you, you about to record? You, you live right now. Oh, we live right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we live, baby. <laughs> what's, what's up? Good? What's up, man? What's good? Okay. All right, so, Colin Kaepernick. NFL yes, workout. What are yes, your sir. What are your thoughts of everything that happened with the changing the venue my at the thought, la- My uh, thoughts on the cabinet. All right. First of all, the Broncos need to sign them ASAP. That's my thought. I'm a Broncos fan, so I think uh, cabinet would be a good addition. And he needs to play. Not no, some, they don't need to just sign them just to film. You feel me? Like he still got something left in the tank. So wherever he goes, whoever signs him, he needs to. I think they're gonna wait towards the end of the season. Whatever team do pick him up, I think he's gonna get like a a four week trial run next year. But um, see, my question is, do you think he really, really wants to play, or does he really, really want to make a point? And is him making a point bigger <laughs> than his want and desire to play? Because there was twenty five, there's twenty five teams that were at the Atlanta Falcons, um, you know, stadium set up for this workout. At the last minute, they, he changes. He the went workout. to the high school, yeah. Now, obviously, he, they had to have that planned ahead of time. I don't think you can just at a last minute just get something like that put together at a high school and be cleared to do it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how all that works. I'm just guessing here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't think you would have to do much to get that serious. It could be a 24-hour thing. But um, what I think he didn't want nobody to feel obligated. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like an independent artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you go to a studio and record in a major studio, but why not? You feel me? Buy your own equipment and do it in your house. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. If you could. But, um... To me, most importantly, I, I don't think he's trying to prove a point. I think he's just trying to get some money. You feel me? Like, at the end of the day, he, he needs a check. I think he needs... I, I, I honestly think it's, it's more of a love for the game. But I, I think, yeah, it's time <laughs> you got to pay them bills. Because yeah. if, if it was 
proving a point, man. It, it was, he wouldn't need the NFL. He wouldn't, you feel me, regardless of the love of the game. Or he'll go play in Canada. Or There's different leagues you can go to if he's about playing. Right. Now, the liability waiver, I mean, now, I understand both sides of the arg- argument. Colin doesn't want to didn't want to sign a liability waiver at the last minute, and they're saying that that's what prompted him to also want to change the venue. But I'm just saying, like, all right, he was going to change the venue anyways. But let's just take the whole venue part out of it. The liability waiver uh-huh. on the NFL side, the fact that you guys already have gone through a legal battle, right? You've already uh-huh. settled that legal situation, and you were paid a settlement of money, right? Boom. Now that's over uh-huh. with, right? Naturally, before they were to go back into this type of situation with you, that their lawyers would suggest for them to get a liability waiver signed. Now, I don't know all the details that were in this waiver, and none of us are going to know, so we can't really speculate as to was there really something in there that was funny or was this just standard practices. But, um, But moving on to another controversial situation, the wife of the Florida, the Florida football, all right, um, head coach's wife. She basically, when the boys get off of the bus. Oh yeah, I seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she kisses them in the mouth after yeah. they get off the bus. Now, okay, me being me, <laughs> I gotta know is this with tongue without tongue? You feel me, like? Somebody ever put tongue in it before? Like, what happened? I mean, look, now in her defense, I saw some videos and it was like, yeah, she kissed him on the cheek. I didn't see any on the mouth, but it was like the way she would touch the the players on their chest and like, you know, hug them and things like that. Put like this. I'm not saying that it's not a harmless, you know, trying to be the team mother. I understand that that's the argument that they're trying to make when they're saying that it's harmless. So let's say that I agree with that. All I'm saying is that if this was the husband of the girls' basketball team, um, you know what I'm saying, that was hugging right. and kissing the players as they was coming off the bus, it'd be Back a whole... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be a different type of, it'd be a different type of headline, you know what I mean? And and we have to remember that these are boys. So a lot of these, right. yeah, there's probably some of them that are 18, 19, 20, but some of these players on these college football teams, even though you don't want to, you might not realize it as we watch how great they play on the field, but some of these dudes are still like 17 years old. Yeah, if they freshmen coming in, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Right. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, yeah. if I was a player, I wouldn't be mad at it, but... You know what I'm saying? I mean, no. I, I, just, I, I figured it's just worth talking about just because if it was the opposite way around, this headline would be completely different. So I can get why people are being outraged about it, but it's just it's just one of those weird things where it's like, you know, you know that we should just let it pass, but if we're being technical, should we? Is this that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, should we just be all right with it? Even though, because we're all right with it. I'm okay with it. You're okay with it. But should we be okay with it? I, I'm, I'm sure we shouldn't be, but it is what it is. All right. So. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You heard me? Nah, I couldn't hear you. Oh, dang. Oh, man. I lost service. All right. It's all good. So Carmelo Anthony debuted with the Blazers. Did you see it? 
Yeah, sure. How'd you feel about it? Um, I'm I'm just happy to see him back out there, man. Melo has been one of my favorite players after LeBron since I was probably like 14, 13, 14 years old. And um, it's just good to see him back out there. I don't care about no stats at this point right now. Um, it's not about that. It's about it's about doing what's right. You get what I'm saying? It's about uh uh being fair and out of 15 people on the roster, 30 teams, there's no way he should have been out the league for a whole year. You know what I'm saying? There's still players that, that's not on teams right now that still should be on teams, like Jamal Crawford, for instance. Like, come on now. Right, he, right. He, right. And I, I felt like the NBA year. was conspiring against him for a while. And I, I felt like that he was... He was a scapegoat on a lot of teams where when you look at the stat numbers, they weren't that bad. They were just right. bad for him. They were low for him, right. but they weren't low right. in terms of a contributor. It's just that his attitude, I think, in some of those situations were adjusting but, to a player outside of his prime. And I think that now he looks like a player who has adjusted to the idea of how he has to be a contributor. I think it's like right. similar to where Dwight Howard had to understand right. himself right. and understand his role um, in the Lakers. And you can see right now that Dwight Howard it, it, is playing it, 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 great it, 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 for the Lakers. Humility. You know what I'm saying? You have to be, you have to feel humility, uh, however you say it, whatever, I can't say it. <laughs> Edit that up. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> You you have to be, you have to humble yourself. You get what I'm saying, and, and I think that was a moment that he needed. Um, Melo has been in a limelight since he was at Oak Hill. You feel me? Sixteen, seventeen years old, and I think him being the counterpart to LeBron all of these years. You get what I'm saying, and that's what everybody compares him to. You feel me? Is a LeBron or the the D Wade's and D, you feel me? And his greatness is a different greatness than LeBron. You get what I'm saying? He's a different player. Just like Iverson's greatness was a different play, uh, great system coach. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You, you, can, you can't compare the two. They came into their own and they finished on their own. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's good for basketball, I think. It's good that Melo back in the league. It's good that he's on the Blazers. You know I, mean? I think that's the team that gives him the ability to, to be itself. You know I mean? Demian Lillard is out right now. And I think it is, you feel me, this is a perfect opportunity for him to shake the rust off a little. You know what I'm saying? Then when Lillard comes back, then he can settle into a, a different role. And, and it's not all on him no more. And I think that's a good thing. But um, it's good for basketball, man. Proud of Melo. Shout out, Melo. All right. So, um, Tua Tagliavolia, of course, you know, I'm going to butcher that name, but. Tua got <laughs> Tua got injured, you know what I'm saying, in a game yeah, in a game that he should not have been playing in. Alabama uh-huh. had a 35 to 7 lead. I mean, they scored touchdowns on their first five possessions. Let's not even talk about the score. On their first right. five possessions, they scored touchdowns, meaning that back on their first three possessions when they scored those touchdowns, at that point in time, Tua should have been on the fucking bench. Resting, right. coming off of injury. Right. There's no way that he should have still been out there. Now, in the defense of the coach, it looks like that Tua 
walked over to him as the backup quarterback was warming up that indicated that he should have probably, but he was getting ready to come into the game. It looks like Tua goes up to the coach and asks not to come out of the game. It seems as though the coach agreed with that, and then on the next possession or the next series, that's when Tua got injured, and now he's out for the right. season. Um, uh, should he have been on the field? So yeah, because I, I say I say this because something like that can happen any place. You feel me? It don't matter what the score is. It don't matter fourth quarter, first quarter. It, it, it happens. You know what I'm saying? Um, as as an athlete myself, I don't seen a lot of people play it safe and still get put in that predicament. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, uh, you just gotta live with it. You feel me? You just gotta live. Uh, that's what I think. Now, game management uh, probably could have taken them out. But he was going, you feel me, this is his Heisman, Heisman season. So he was probably trying to make the best of it. But um, to me, you got to let him play. If you, to me, you get hurt even more trying to be too safe. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the lesson I learned from being an athlete my life. So, so I mean, do you think, think this hurts his draft stock? Because... I oh, mean, definitely. I know definitely. that I, I know that just literally like a week ago I heard somewhere, I can't remember exactly what show I was watching, but I mean that there were like quiet talks of some teams like considering in this next draft moving up like early high in the draft to take Tua. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of those teams being um, the Miami Dolphins, another one of those teams right, that came up where the Pittsburgh Steelers name came up in the conversation. Um, the Bengals' right. name came up in the conversation. You know, teams that are in desperate need of a of a of a, of a refresh. Um, right. Do you think that in the NFL, a healthy Tua fits the scheme of these new age type quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and um, and Watson? Um, it all depends on on his rehab process. And, and how long it takes in rehab. If this is a six-month, eight-month injury, you feel me, by the time the season starts next year, he'll be ready. I don't think it'll make a difference. But if it's something that he's going to have to miss time for next year and sit out and still rehab after getting drafted and stuff like that, then I think that makes a difference. Plus, the uh, quarterback from LSU has moved up in the draft. And they, some people saying he's in the number one pick this year. So, him playing the quarterback and possibly being the number one drafter, I think that also moves to a back a couple of you feel me slots. Probably, if not, I I say somebody might pick him up like they like the Ravens did Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago. He's gonna trade up to around uh, the 18th, 20th spot, something like that, and, and pick him up to where it is not really a high risk draft choice. You feel me? And I think it would be somebody that already got a high draft pick, like, say for instance, Miami have the number three pick or something like that. I think they'll trade up again to get, like, the 18th pick or the ninth. you feel me, something like that to take them. But I don't think they take them with the initial third pick or whatever pick they wind up getting. You get me? 
All right, so I was just talking to Brian not too long ago, and we was talking some shit about a whole bunch of other happenings and, you know, the news. But there's two main things that I'm talking to everybody about today. Um, I'm getting ready to talk to my girl Hollywood in a little bit and my homegirl Jada um, in a little while. So we're doing a lot of um, cross-conversation. So the topic was, well, there was two things. Number one, um, I'm happy about, a piece of legislation that just passed called the Moore Act. Um, have you uh, heard of the Moore Act? Do you know what the Moore Act is and what it does? Uh, no, I haven't heard of it. Uh, okay. Uh, the Moore Act is basically a bill that has been passed. It was approved by the House Judiciary Committee. Um, it's the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act of 2019. It passed 24 to 10, and basically what it would do is remove marijuana from the list of federally controlled substances and allow states to set their own policy and then require federal courts to expunge prior convictions for marijuana offenses. And then a 5% tax, there would be a 5% federal tax on top of the state taxes, of course, but this would be, this is a big move in the direction of you know, a regulated but legal what? adult use situation statewide. Now, now states, there's going to be states that still aren't going to decriminalize it themselves, and that's fine. But for the states that do, it gets them a step further to being able to move things from state to state without running into the federal issues that, that you would run into right now. It would now become right. just a regular consumer product versus being right. a Schedule 1 narcotic. Right. You could go be able to buy shit. But then what, what this tells me is this whole time they knew marijuana wasn't what they made it out to be. And now that we... Is hit to everything that they've been doing. Now they're trying to find a way to still tax it and still make us pay for what we've been doing now. You feel me? For years and generations and generations. You know what I'm saying? They probably like, we missing out on this money and da da da. You feel me? Why might as well? That's why they trying to me. That's what's going on. But it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> we've been smoking for how long? Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna right. expunge the records. Yeah, so right, right. You feel me? Like that's 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 the purpose behind this and stuff like that. But as far as smokers and people with that sort, man, it's a regular day. <laughs> right. I'm about to roll up the smoke on right now. All right, and then last, no legislation. All right, and then the last <laughs> question is um, basically the theme of the episode and me trying to get down to the bottom of it. I'm asking people what do you consider to be an industry plant? Now, the definition that's out there is that um, basically an industry plant is someone who a record label secretly signs and then they continue to present themselves to be independent and that they pretend that they built an organic following and became a star. 
without us knowing it happens. It almost feels like that people, because because I I don't think industry I don't think the industry plants exist in the way that people think that they do, and I think that everyone who is labeled as one isn't one because mm. if they do exist. We we're, we shouldn't know who they are. I don't think we get to know who they are. Uh, if I think they're... we know who one is for sure. <laughs> who? who? <laughs> uh, some shit. She's none. Definitely. Definitely not. The way, I don't think we started off as an industry plant, but I think they seen, after the after the first video he put up, I think they seen the, the, the reaction, everybody's reaction. And I think they seen how they can implement whatever type of he's somebody that's easily influenced, obviously. And I think they you feel me, they gave him that money. As long as you give him that money, so my question oh, do whatever. So do you think that he was signed to a label before the first video came out and went off? On, on the internet, or are you saying because that's what they're saying? The industry plan is they're saying it basically secretly. The record label signed him a long time ago. Where did ago. he come from, bro? And, Where did he come from, man? I don't that's know. That's what I'm saying. He took me a rainbow head kid, man. It's, it's not really part of the culture. Blows up out of come on, man. Then he got all the blood backing him. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. To me, that was just either some feds or industry plant, one of those. But it wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't I don't right. know because I seen. I, then I, I think look. I think their whole goal was to get the the. What, what, I don't know what the name of their gang is, but whoever they is, I, I think their goal was to get them out. Because there's no way you feel me. He went through all of that. Now they got him in hiding and. Protective custody, and he ain't served no time. He had nothing to do with nothing. No way. You feel me? No way. All right. Well, the nah, the, the whole industry plant shit came up basically as I was breaking down the whole Ari Lennox thing. She was, you know, reacting to not winning the album of the year. Uh-huh or album slash mixtape of the year award for the Soul Train Awards, and Lizzo won it. And a lot of people have have been saying for a while that Lizzo is an industry plan. And it's just that I'm one of those people well, where... Lizzo, I'm one those, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, like, I'm one of those people to where when people start to overuse a term, like a term comes out and everybody starts using it. Then once too yeah, many people start train, using right. it, it starts to lose its meaning. So now... Whenever I hear someone say this, I get confused as to what they really mean. So I looked up a definition and then I figured that I was going to ask everybody who I call on the phone today. And then at the end of the show, maybe I have a better understanding of if this is even a thing or not. Uh, what, to me, uh, uh, industry plant, you feel me, is objective is more than just music. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's more than just record sales and, and making money and shit like that. So motherfucking. So I think I think I think it's more to it than just that. I don't think she's a industry player. I just think she's somebody that uh that had a, a nasty following. You feel me? And blew up the way she did. Yeah. Uh, to me, somebody more like <laughs> you feel me? Like it's something funny about that, man. I don't know. <laughs> it ain't never sit right with me. It ain't never sit right, man. But um, shout out to uh, Lizzo, man, because the way she's doing it, man, I, I like it. I like it. She's she's out there. She's giving another market to to 
a group of people out there. You know what I'm saying? All right, but see. And if that's, if that's what the the industry, whatever it is, then, hey, it is what it is. You know? Like, if it's strictly about music, then I don't see nothing wrong with it. But if you have a different agenda and out there trying to do something to people that more, you can put people behind bars or jeopardize people's lives and stuff. You feel me? Like, that's when it becomes wrong. But, if it's about music, then yeah. hey, it is what it what is. What I think it was 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 that she was more upset. Ari Lennox was more upset because she feels like that she made a soul album and that Lizzo uh-huh. won it at the Soul Train Awards for an album uh-huh. that most people would consider like uh-huh. a popish album. But I right. mean, that's neither here or there because like I told soul Brian, like I got told Brian culture. earlier, it's not you feel me like that. That's the culture, right? Regardless. If, if regardless if it was a, more of a pop, you feel me, whatever, he's part of the coach. So yeah. he deserves it, man. Ari Lennox is a good artist, but you got to take that entitlement away, man. You feel me? You shouldn't be doing it for that purpose in the first place. You feel me? Just thank God for the opportunity of even being nominated or being there, be a president. Like, it's not about that. So you, you can't feel no type of way, man. I don't think so, at least. <laughs> All right, well, I'm getting ready to um play another burn notice, and then I'm about to holler at my homegirl, Hollywood, so she could drop a few truth pills on a couple topics, including this Definitely. Monique lawsuit. All right, so, um, so I'm going to holler back at you, Chilmo. All right, bro. All right, so this next burn notice is Feelings from Tanache. You've been burned. Lately, I ain't been in my feelings. And I say, I've been minding my business. Throw it in your face, you gon' feel it. Throw it in your face, you gon' feel it. You're still stuck in the past. I don't get mad, I get bad. Big back. Pussy best you done had Now you won't get this back No Get a nigga acting up Put his ass out If a nigga can't fuck Put his ass out I ain't going back and forth None of your bitches Got his ass on the rope Now he tapped out Had a vision when I started Had it mapped out Private jet You and coach That what you mad about Ain't no pressure Ain't no smoke I'm just ashed out Smoking on Keisha Cash out. Yeah. Lately, I ain't been in my feelings. And I say I've been running my penis, my penis, my penis, my penis. Believe me, 
today we're definitely celebrating the Moore Act, which is the Marijuana Opportunity and Reinvestment and Expungement Act of 2019 that would remove marijuana from the list of federally controlled substances. Um, it would also create a trust fund for programs to help people who are impacted by the war on drugs, and especially minorities, through a 5% tax on marijuana. And this is a big step in the right direction for um, making it to a day where it would be completely legal all across the board. But for our strain review, we're moving on to a different company this week, and we're going to talk about two products from a company I've grown to love called Wonder Bread. Now, Wonder Bread has been an icon in the community for years, and they're known as one of the original pioneers in California. And they um, take a lot of care and a lot of technique in their indoor growing process, in their sustainable growing process, um, <clears throat> all their organic processes that they use, their rare genetics, their exotic terpene profiles, and all of their cultivation techniques to create these signature strains that they have. So the first one we're going to talk about is an indica-dominant hybrid called Pink Picasso. And um, Pink Picasso is a cross between OZK and Candyland. And it gives off a sweet, like, citrusy kind of candy cookie type of flavor profile. And it definitely has a euphoric body high. Um, it's great for relaxation. It's great for pain relief. And it is one of the indicas that could be used for day smoking it's not going to sink you directly into the couch, but it's definitely um, more of a, a, a laid back type of um, laid back type of high that you would get from that. Um, it, 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 there, there are some notes of flowers there, like floral um, scenting and the, the, the terpene profile is very complex. So it's like the smell from this is distinctive. When you have this near, if you had like a nug of this next to a bunch of nugs of different stuff, when you pick this one up, you're definitely going to be the tell the difference with its interesting, you know, terpene profile and the way that it smells. And it's very potent. Um, the, the strain that I had tested around maybe 24%. Um, and then this other one is lemon citrine and that one tested at around 22%. And that is a heavy hybrid with a more of a lemony, um, a lemony sweet cream type of aftertaste. Um, but this is great for all day smoking. Um, it boosts your mood. It gives you energy. It's like having a cup of coffee in the morning. And remember when I talked about dialing it into exactly what you really want to do. Um, this is one of those um another one for creators or people that have a lot of shit that you got to get done during the day and you don't want something that's just going to sink you into the couch or make you super lazy this lemon citrine will do the complete opposite of this so um if you're in the california area or anywhere where you can legally purchase marijuana um or you're in a place where you can purchase it medicinally and you have legally obtained your mary jane card um check out these products from wonder brett um, pink Picasso and lemon citrine. Um, I'm gonna get into another burn notice and then I'm gonna call somebody else on the phone. So this next burn notice is not a new record, but it's a dope record and it's going out to my girl Ari Lennox with Shea Butter Baby featuring J. Cole. Ben. Notice. Notice. Notice.
Jada, and you're listening to It's Not Just Me Podcast. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. We are live. Just so you know. (laughs) Oh, look, I'm like, (laughs) okay. <laughs> It'd be funny, right? Because I know one of these days I'm gonna end up calling somebody on this show, and I'm gonna forget to tell them that we're live, and they're gonna be talking about some old wild shit. And then I'm not gonna. I was just thinking that I'm not gonna want to edit it out. I'm gonna want to keep it. On. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit is funny. So, um. I mean, the listeners should know who you are by now, but if you guys don't know, this is Jada, and I call Hi. her, <laughs> and we talk about um, different topics, including the segment that I started maybe three weeks ago, which was unpopular opinion. So we're going to get into that a little bit later, but first, we're going to run through a couple more news topics that I haven't got quite to yet during this episode. One of them seems to be some fuckery, but um, basically the rapper Russ, hold up, do you know who Russ is? <laughs> Russ? Do you know who Russ is? No. Okay. Who is this? <laughs> who is, who yeah, is Russ? It, it, it's funny because I, I, you'll realize how funny that is a little bit later after I tell you this story about him when we get into the industry plant thing because... He's one of the guys who the internet has been labeling as an industry plant for the longest time. And 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 their 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 reasoning is like where did he come from? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like usually when there's an artist that just pops up that nobody ever heard of, I'm always one of the guys that says, "Well, maybe they've been grinding for years behind the scene and you just late." But it's starting to seem like uh-huh. that some of these artists that literally everybody found out about them at the same time. 
which does start to raise some red flags. But Russ is <laughs> Russ is a rapper, basically. He's a rapper, singer, Italian dude. I mean, he's dope. Like he was one of the Forbes 30 um 30 under 30, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, he's been doing his thing for a little while, but um, basically he was in Saudi Arabia and he performed out there. And I guess one of the Arabian women threw her bra up on the stage and then Russ picked it up and was like, you know, twirling it around like usual shit. Like, I mean, that's a, a typical thing. Uh-huh. So when I first read this, I was like, is this even news? Like if you throw a bra at someone, it's you're supposed to pick it up and swing it around in the air. I mean, that's just what you do with bras at concerts. But this is Saudi Arabia and they are not with that shit. So this shit caused like a whole fucking Ooh. uproar out there. Like, I mean, they were tripping out over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, shit, do the damn bra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we're talking about a country where women are literally arrested. Um, they called it a woman was arrested for showing off her hip hop dance moves during a mixed gender festival called Riyad season. Her hip hop dance moves really meant she was twerking that ass. <laughs> oh my god! She was throwing that shit, <laughs> and it was like, oh, hell to the no! Pissed him off. <laughs> so I guess he won't Not be hip hop dance moves. They they called it hip <laughs> <laughs> hip hop dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> during, <That's a> joke. <laughs> during a mixed gender festival I didn't know that there was a, a one gender festival I thought all festivals <laughs> were mixed gender like this whole thing is nasty <laughs> this, Little Kim did an interview with fucking um, Jason Lee and them over there at Hollywood Unlocked and she was tripping out on the Tory Naughton again um, coming at her about her disappointment in her portrayal in the notorious big movie. And I guess the reason why this even little little Kim doesn't believe that she did good at all. She not only that, she doesn't believe that notorious should have played her at all because she quotes, they don't have anything in common and she doesn't look like me, which I felt like was like a little slide at the dark skin girls. Like I felt like that was a little jab, but you know, she didn't say that, but I always pay attention to what people don't say. And then in my mind, mm-hmm. I say that they said that. Make so, up what they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what she said. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't care if she ain't say it out of her mouth. She said it in her mind. I heard that shit. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. I think that's crazy because Victoria did a really good job in Notorious. And I think, um, yeah. I think to a certain extent, she kind of looked like him. I mean, you're not going to find somebody that looked exactly like her. But the old Kim, she kind of looked a little bit like her. Like the whole, I mean, I don't know if Kim thinks she likes Kim. I think she does. Well, Kim thinks Kim thinks that she's like a Spanish chick or something. I swear, I swear, I'm not making a joke. Like I swear, she said this shit like somewhere. There's an interview somewhere on the internet. If you're listening, you guys can go find that shit and send me the link and tell me what it is. Because I know that I heard that shit before. I read it somewhere. Maybe they were lying, too. But I don't know. Like I said, it sounded true to me. So to (laughs) me, it's true. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think Kim remembers that she actually was a black girl at one point in time. That she wasn't always super Michael Jackson light-skinned. Like I think she forgets that. I think she forgets that hardcore little Kim kind of does look like Notori, but Kim... Like Notori, yeah. 
Kim feels as though that someone like Tiana Taylor should have played her, feeling like that she's more like her. She's Come from New now. York, and she said that she killed the best performance when they did a tribute to her. Um, but like I was telling my homeboy earlier, and this is why this is important going into the conversation later that me and you are going to have about situationships, that little Kim is in the mix right now of putting together a biopic of her life. So the little Kim story mm-hmm. is apparently in the works right now. My theory is oh, that God. my theory is that little Kim is not upset with Tori Naughton at all. She was the easy target and that's how the narrative went. She knew that she could get, you know, her fans enough of them to side with her to make it uncomfortable for them over there. And maybe that Natori originally would have just not done the movie, I guess. But my theory is that Kim's problem is with her portrayal. And when she said that, I said, well, it, what part of the portrayal did you not like? And then it hit me. Oh, she doesn't like the fact that they told the story the way that we saw the story as the public. And the way we saw uh-huh, it, uh-huh. we saw that Biggie's wife and his main chick was Faith Evans. And that his girlfriend uh-huh. on the side was little Kim. Kim. And... From her perspective, I'm sure that she, she thought like that she, she was, was the, that she was the main girl, and that although Faith had the title, that the reality was that she was the side. And I was talking to my girl Hollywood a little bit earlier, and she kind of pointed that out for me that you know, Big and Kim spent more time with each other. You know, hours on the road, hours in the studio, hours. You know what I'm saying? Um, just within their business, where. How often do I think Big was at home? Do I think Big spent more time with little Kim or do I think he spent more time with his wife? And then I really didn't know the answer to that question. So now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, shit, maybe that's her issue, which tells me that for some reason I feel like we're going to have another out backlash at the little Kim movie, but this time it's going to be on Faith Evans' side because something tells me Kim mm-hmm. is going to give us the story where she's the main and Faith is the side. And... I don't know how right. they're going to make that look on screen, but there's where I'm at with it. My thing with that is that, like, okay, so how do you say this? So, you know how they say a man is going to, like, give his all to who he wants to give his all You know what I mean? Like, they say, like, people can be in relationships for 10 to 15 years and then a man will get with somebody else and marry her in two months. Right. And he didn't marry the person. So, I think that's kind of a that thing. And I think that Big was doing, you know, he was doing biggie shit, you know? And he was dibbling and dabbling and whatever he felt like he wanted to dibble and dabble in. And even when he did get a wife, somebody that he wanted to be with for real, he couldn't let go of what he had. And that's the thing that men have. That's a selfish trait that a lot of men have. They cannot let go of the old thing, the for sure thing, the thing that they know is not going anywhere. Kim wasn't going anywhere. He knew that. She had been around for years. He knew she wasn't going nowhere, no matter what he did, no matter who he married, no matter what he did. And that was the reality of the situation. So although she felt like she had history, she felt like she had um, more time with him, blah, 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 cool. But you just wasn't his pick. Right. And, and it's that's like, the reality of And it's it. like, I can understand that for the simple fact that even just with people I know, like I know some niggas who got a main chick who I've probably... I might have met once or twice in my entire life. I'm talking about niggas who I might have known for like two or three years. I might have met your actual girl maybe once or twice. However, 
your girl. But you met the side the, 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 chick. I, I, I see all her all the time. time. You know what I'm saying? Like, she always there. Mm-hmm. She in the mix. She watching the game with niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, she be in the studio and chilling. That, that happens because <laughs> those side chicks feel like they have to play a specific role. They feel like they have to be around all the time. Whenever he's not with his girl, I gotta be that because I got a role to play. I gotta, I gotta make myself feel like I'm a part of his life. So they be around a whole lot more than the the main chick who's chilling. She feels I don't gotta fight for my title. I'm chilling. You know what I mean? Like, right? I see it. All right. So Vivica Fox is not a fan of Issa Rae's. Um, forthcoming remake of the cult classic film set it off so she was on entertainment tonight with um fox and she basically said leave that shit alone like there's no reason to try to redo it it's been done and well did so people are going to compare it to that and that basically some things are better just left alone now left alone yep i could get why she says that but you know I don't know. Are are we are we against a, a, a set it off remake by Issa Rae? Now, if it was by if it was by anybody else, I don't know if I would be with it. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like did I trust I trust it in Issa's hands? But then again, I don't know who the cast would be. I think that's what scares me away from wanting to even be invested to. Um, the idea of this movie and then but here's the thing all right so Vivica says if you were going to um, if you want to do a movie a new movie about girls robbing banks then do your thing but don't remake mm-hmm. set it off but I mean if Issa tried to come out with a movie about uh, some girls that robbed the bank we gonna call it set it off too anyways like that's what the fuck that we're gonna do we're gonna do it you know what I mean um, mm-hmm. would you go see the new set it off movie I- and if so who do you think should be in it Set It Off is one of my all-time favorite movies in this world. I can watch it a million times and I'm still going to cry. I'm still going to be all excited. I'm still going to be nervous. You know, that's just one of those movies. I think she needs to leave it alone. I think, um, yeah, we trust Ethan, but we trust the Disney, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you get what I mean? Like, sometimes you just got to keep certain stuff where it's at. I think... Now, if she made a new movie about, you know, girls that rob things and put, like, a twist on it and, you know, added uh, uh, like, different factors and set it off heads, then I think she needs to leave that it off alone. I think that's one of those timeless movies that you just leave alone. Like, not making poetic justice. Right. I'm thinking she probably thought about that, but then in her mind, she's like, in her mind, she's probably like, yo, like, if I do a new movie with a twist, they're going to call it Set It Off with a Twist. You know what I'm saying? Like, the where I don't know if we're if we would ever accept a, a movie of a group of girls who rob a bank who are all black girls. I, I just don't know if we're if we're going to accept it without trying to compare it to Set It Off anyway. So for her, it would probably be like, hey, fuck it. Let me try to do this. But I don't know. We'll see what's happening. Apparently, this is a thing. So mixed up. Yeah. The twist could be a race mix. The twist could be uh, drama within the clique. Like, not just, like, back and forth fake friend drama, but, like, real live drama between them. Like, somebody sleeping with somebody's boyfriend. I don't know. Like, shit like that. 
to make it a twist, but you, you know, you talking about loving hip hop? You talking about loving? Basically, and they gonna turn it into loving hip hop? Basically, <laughs> but you just some stuff you just leave alone. You just, I, 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 no, I'll probably go see it just to see, you know, but I. Mm-mm. All right, mm-hmm. so um. So we were talking a little bit of Grammy stuff earlier. Alicia Keys is returning to host the Grammys again. Um, and I guess um, she's going to host it for the second consecutive year. So she did last year, obviously. Um, but she was the first woman to host it since Queen Latifah did in 2005. And now she's back. Um, and I guess that the Grammys are are approaching this as a way of viewership must have been up for black people last year. So they're like, fuck it. Let's bring Alicia keys back. But I really started diving into some of these categories and I found out some wild shit. Like when it comes to best rap album or like some of these categories, um, of what the qualifications were. And I never knew this shit until today, but so to be qualified for best rap album of the year for the Grammys, the album only has to have 51% of it being rap, meaning that you don't actually have the have to have the best rap album. You just have to have the best album that the Grammys board likes that is at least 51% rap or whatever they consider rap because a lot of these categories is so vague that no wonder people get snubbed. Like, I don't even think people are really getting snubbed at the Grammys anymore. I think it's one of those situations where when we start looking at these categories, these categories aren't really designed um, to be objective. These categories are designed Uh for the biases that are there. So the biases that we think are there, they're there. But the only difference is, is that they literally been telling us that these biases are there and we're just not paying attention to it. So it's just crazy because all this, this is award season right now. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to talk about being snubbed, a lot of people bitching and complaining about shit. And it's going to be, it's going to be one of those. Like Lizzo's going to win uh-huh. everything. Her and Billie Eilish to, um, I know you don't know who she is. <laughs> She's a pop. Little, I do. I do. One you, of my kids put okay. me on. Uh, one of my students put me on last week. She's like, yeah, man, Billy Eilish. I'm like, no. She's like, listen to this, listen to this. And she made me listen to the song. I was like, okay. But yeah, I didn't know who she was before. Yeah, Billy <laughs> Eilish like, reminds me of that year when Lord came out, and and then when, when when Lord came out with that song, Lloyd Royal Royal, and yeah, when, when she came out with that record, this reminds me of that, where it was like Lord came out with that one song. I guess it was, I guess it was dope to who it was dope to, whatever. It played everywhere, and then she won every award, and then it was like, where the fuck did Lord come from? So I was just gonna say, then she dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know where she came from, and I don't know where she went. I know they put the record out, then they put Rick Ross of all niggas in the world on the remix, and then Lord disappeared, and I've never heard from her again. But I'm pretty sure Lord fans have. They're probably in my mentions right now. Like, how dare thee speaketh negative of the Queen Lord? Oh, yeah, they probably fucking. Look, look at me being um I'm categorizing people. Like I don't know how Lord fans talk, but in my mind, if you're a Lord fan, you talk like that. Like, tis of thee. <laughs> how dare thee? <laughs> you're not a she. <laughs> 
I know. I can't help it. Uh, my judgmental ass, right? All right. So, all right. So, where was I trying to get to? I was trying to get to this whole side. Ch- okay. So, let's get to the situation shit. I've been diving into this millennial generation Z shit for a little while and trying to see, like, you know, some of the shit that, that we did. And then they took that shit to a whole nother different place, right? And now that's how we end up with shit like micro-cheating, like we were talking about last week. So that mm-hmm. was one that most people haven't heard of. The situationship obviously is one that has been a lot bigger. And Definitely. Right. So the situationship for people who don't know what it is, like if you don't know, you might be in one. <laughs> right, right. You need to check your, uh, your relationship status if you don't know what a situation is. Right, right. But if those of y'all, think of it like this. If friends with benefits is platonic friends who, who fuck, you know what I'm saying, then a situation ship is a hookup with emotional benefits. So it's like the opposite of it. It's like there's some emotions there because if there weren't any emotions, then y'all would just be hooking up. But it's not like a real relationship. It's like relationship of Jace. It's not even really just being the side chick. It's more or less like you could be the main chick in the situationship with a dude who doesn't date other women, but he doesn't really, he's not really in a relationship with you or vice versa. So... Have you ever been in or are you currently in a situation ship? And how do you navigate that or answer the question, what are we? Like when that question comes up, how how do you answer that? Because most people try to make it seem like it's only women who ask that. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of niggas out there fronting who you don't know you're in a situation ship. And you didn't find out until that day that you looked at your boo and you was like, hey, babe. I just got a question to ask you. She's like, what? And what you're like, are we? What are we? And then she don't got to an answer real fast. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was silent for a couple seconds. So um, tell me about it. How, how do you navigate a situation ship? Okay. So I've been in a situation ship <laughs> for a while. And he's, he's he, like, he is listening he right cool, now. He is know, listening right now. And he's about to send I you a DM. So. I hope so. <laughs> So, <laughs> but um, he cool. We deal how we deal. I know in my heart that it'll probably never go any further than all of the empty promises that we feed each other. And a lot of people um, think think that the empty promises usually come from the man, but no. Because, like, he'll say things like, I can't wait to marry you. And I'll say, like, yeah, of course, I can't wait. But I know damn well, I know damn well (laughs) that it's not happening like that. (laughs) So, I mean, we just feed each other egos and we just go about our business. I don't worry about who he doing, what he doing with. And I let him think that it affects me when he worries about who I'm doing, what I'm doing with. And, I I mean, you just... (laughs) I mean, but I was raised by men too, so sometimes okay, okay, I have the right. tendency to act like a boy. Right. And like, and my dad has to tell me something like, "You can't do everything that boys do," and I'm just like, "Why? Like, why can't like?" But I think some women kind of get a little too emotionally attached to situationships when it's literally a situationship. And I think as long as you know this is what this is and this is how this is going to go and don't expect any, anything more than what you know that you want, 
from this person, you're fine. I know that me and him will never be together on a serious level, but the sex is good. He's cool to be around. He likes to go out and stuff. Like, stuff like that. That's cool. But I know I'm not marrying him. Right. I know I wouldn't care have kids with him because <laughs> he got three already. Like, you know, stuff like that. See, I feel like that I invented the the messier version of the situationship and then once I found out what the situationship was I was like oh shit I was like I could have been doing this all this fucking time and shit right but like all right so because mine is a little bit weird now I mind you people listening out there this was the older me from previous times this is not how I operate today because this is gonna be it's gonna sound nuts all right (laughs) so I used to have what I would call surrogate girlfriends and what that meant was so i only dealt with two i split people down in the middle and i put them into two categories women who i was probably physically attracted to but had something else personality wise that i knew would prevent me from wanting to be with them be with them right and then i had the Mm -hmm. other women who had everything personality persona you know wise that i knew i might have been in danger of a deeper love connection with and i separate them so the girls who i knew that i wasn't going to fall in love with but i might have been physically attracted to that's who i had sex with the ones who i had emotional connections to under no circumstances would i ever have sex with them therefore I kind of put myself in this little middle space where I was like super safe. Like, you know, there's no heartbreak and there's no commitment. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like it was the perfect situation. That shit got real messy really quick. And then I was like, well, what the fuck is this? And then I found out about the situation ship and yeah, it's easier to navigate when both people know they're in the situation ship. I uh-huh. think it, it gets it, where it gets strange at and where it gets the bad name from is from when you think you're in a relationship, but the other person doesn't. And you've never had exactly. that conversation. And a lot of situationships, people don't even have the conversation to say, like, this is a situationship because if it's understood, it doesn't have to be explained. What does that like, conversation sound like, though? Conversation. Yeah, I'm about to say, what is that That's kind what of- I'm saying. Like, how do you, I don't even know how you how you had that conversation because me and him have never said okay this is a situation ship and we're not gonna go like no we just like I said we feed each other's egos for the time being and we go about our business and when I'm ready to deal with him I call if he ready to deal with me he call and that's just that so let me ask you a question like how, how, how recent was this was this like um slim Jada in college or this was like Thick Jada in Costa Rica, like like which Jada, which Jada was he in this situation? Shit, because he probably sick. Both. He probably sick right now. He probably. <laughs> it went through. No, years. both. Um, <laughs> when I was, in, I started dealing with him in college. Before, like, I got I got real small, like at the end of college, but I was still so, a little thick, and I started dealing with him in college, like junior year, the end of junior year, or something like that, and then. I still, like, we still deal. I mean, when I go to the United... You know how to been in the United States, so... When I go to the United States, I see him or, you know, different things like that, but... And he's always... Like, I could see a million niggas while I'm there, but I'm gonna make sure I see him. Oh, right, right, You get what I mean? Like, he's, he's like, yeah. So, I mean, both. Big Jada and 
All right, so um, let's get into some unpopular opinions. All right, so for the listeners out there, unpopular opinions is a segment we started a couple weeks ago. Um, This just in, we I did just get my approval email for Apple Podcasts for the Green Room podcast that I started on the Anchor platform, and that's basically the companion pod for this show. It's something I'm testing out, but like I told y'all, if y'all don't use it, I'm just gonna delete that shit just because I really put it there for a way for people to be able to put your little two cents into the conversation and then I will download them voice clips and I will bring them into the show so like right now when we're talking about situationships if y'all had an opinion or a story about your situationship I could have played that right now if you guys are using the platform but I just got the approval this week so it just went live on Apple Podcasts. if you look down in the show notes the link is there you're gonna have to download the anchor app in order to um to leave a voicemail and anchor's not paying me to tell you guys that shit so believe me if you don't use it you'll never fucking hear about some anchor fucking shit from me again it's just that they made they made a cool little uh, thing they made it easy for people to join in on the conversation and i don't even think a lot of people who use the anchor platform are even using this right anyway so i'm gonna use it my way and see what happens but um yeah, so I, w- I go through the internet, I go through Twitter, I go through Instagram, I go through Reddit, and I look for anything with the hashtag of unpopular opinion, and then I pull this shit from the internet. So, for all of you people that have been trying to kill me for some of these opinions, I don't know if these opinions are popular or unpopular. That's why we talk about them. This is the shit that y'all are saying on the internet. So drag each other to hell, not me, Okay. unpopular opinion number one and this is a two-part question showering at night is better than showering in the morning and sitting down in the shower is better than standing up in the shower react okay so shower in the morning versus shower at night yeah they're saying that showering at night is better than showering in the morning I don't think so because a shower in the morning wakes you up. I mean, for some people it works, but in order for me to be my best self <laughs> for the full day, <laughs> I need to take a shower in the morning because if I walk out of this house and I don't take a shower, I'm going to be, I'm going to have an attitude all day. Like I'm not going to be fully awake and fully how I need to be and ready for the world. Like, no. Right. Um, and I think showers, showers at night is better for kids. If you have children, then you probably should put your kids in the shower at night just to save you time in the morning. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's better to take a shower and at, at night. All right. No. Now what about the second and part? Sitting down yeah. in the shower versus standing up in the shower. Who the fuck sits down in the shower? I don't know. Like I'm looking at this whole thing and I'm like, all right, sitting down in the shower, no, but I'm definitely one of those people who takes a shower after I take a bath. Like, right, like, you know so what like I'm saying? Somebody thought that was weird. I'm yeah. like, yo, I think it's weird that you don't. I'm like, bro, I was like, so you that sit, you don't, you yeah, sit you just in the sit tub. in your dirt and then you go <laughs> get out. Like, no, I have a jacuzzi tub here, so I'll sit in the jacuzzi tub and just sit there and you know, take a bath and then I'll let the water out and I'll stand up and take a shower. But I think that, uh, I, 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 I thought that was regular, I didn't think that was a thing. <laughs> 
All right. So unpopular opinion number two. Of course, every week I find one where they're they're literally trying to come at a recording artist, and it's just like, all right. So SZA can't sing. She's amazing artist and musical come genius. On. She's an amazing artist and musical genius for her lyrics, content, production, and general "I'm a do me" attitude. But her voice is just okay at best. Unique if you want to be nice. Hmm. <laughs> they tried it. Yeah. And that's all I'm gonna say. They tried it. Yeah, I mean, because like what? Right, I, what? I, Who's gonna double this shit? Like, there's, there's clearly people who in the world who can't sing, right? I'm not saying that, but uh, nine yeah. out of ten times when people pick a person to say that they can't sing, it's almost like, well, who are you comparing it to? Because right. voices are supposed to be different. I, I don't want everybody to sound the same. And and nine out of ten times, the people who can sing like the best, best, like I guess the general consensus of what's considered the best singing. Usually their songs aren't all that. I ain't really trying to listen to that shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if Scissor's only mediocre according to y'all, then I love her mediocre ass. You know what I'm saying? Because she be Me making too. her her shit be fire. You know what I'm saying? Like I still can listen to the whole Control album from front to back still and not be bored at all. Definitely. I can go restart that shit and listen to it again. Definitely. I think. Um, I think. This generation is comparing everything to like a Beyonce and like people like that. But I just feel like, yeah, they play with SZA. Like, don't play with her. But is, like, come see is, me, Beyonce, me. is Beyonce really that amazing? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm not allowed to ask that <laughs> question. I'm sure I'm not allowed to ask that question in this world, but I'm going to. But I mean, like, shit. Like, yeah. Queen B <laughs> is cold as fuck. If you just see, like, as far as her voice, her vocals by itself, vocals alone, not the songs, not her performance, none of that. Vocals by itself. Beyonce's cold. She does some shit that people could never do. Like, just like Brandy. You get what I mean? Right. You know what? Speaking of Brandy. So they kind of. No, oh, keep going. What were you saying? I'm listening. Oh, yeah, no. so they kind of just play down because she can really sing. Um, apparently Brandy might be, um, I don't know if I'm probably misquoting some shit, but I feel like I read that Brandy might be performing at the Grammys, which would be great if that happens. I, I that would, would be cool. I would, I would love to see that. You know what I'm saying? But then again, it would, yeah. it would also like, cause it's one of those kind of things where, all right, obviously after the whole Grammy so white, you know, hashtags and all that shit that was going around, the Grammys have been actively trying to do shit to get black people more involved in watching the Grammys because we canceled that shit for a second. Well, I mean, we thought we, we thought we tried to cancel it for a second, but it was, it was a good effort. It was enough to make them start switching some shit up. But then uh -huh. now niggas is getting equally as mad that the Grammys are doing shit to try to attract us. So it's like, all right, look, First and foremost, we was mad at the Grammys because they wasn't <laughs> including us in shit. Now the Grammys are trying to include us in shit and we're calling it pandering. I just think that we should just leave all of this award shit alone. And like, I don't know. Uh, this is probably another conversation for another day. But I was telling my homeboy earlier that like, <laughs> the issue with the Soul Train Awards is like Ari Lennox. Like she was mad that um 
you know, she didn't win album of the year, and Lizzo won album of the year. Most people consider that a pop album, even though I consider it just an album. I don't know what genre it is. There's music that sounds like pop. Right. There's music that sounds urban. There's music that sounds like R&B. It clearly wasn't soul, but I feel like if all the R&B artists for years, if all the R&B artists every year show up to the Soul Train Awards, right? If all the rappers and mm-hmm. all the R&B artists every year show up to the BT Awards, the way that they show up to the Oscars and the Grammys and shit, then these award shows would be the lit award shows. The network, they would have bigger right. budgets, they would be bigger productions, they would be a bigger deal, and then these awards would hold a higher weight. But it's just like, niggas don't go to the Soul Train Awards like that. There was, yeah, we can congratulate all the people that were there, but most of your favorite artists weren't there, never planned on going there, didn't give a fuck about that shit. So uh-huh. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, let's move on. Unpopular opinion. Sorry. <laughs> Ari Lennox is um CD crushed Lizzo. And I'm just Oh, of course it did. There. But here's my thing. Look, Ari Lennox, Lizzo shouldn't have won. Um if it if this award was a soul music award, then she shouldn't have won. But the category says best right. album slash mixtape. It didn't say best R and B album, didn't say best rap album, didn't say best soul album. It just said best album. The consensus is that Lizzo has one of the better albums that came out this year. Whatever. But in that category, I didn't even think Ari Lennox should have won that category. She's in the category with her for uh, like an R&B category. I thought that her would have been the winner. That's what shocked me more. It, It shocked me more that her didn't win than that Lizzo won. Like Lizzo winning is easy to explain. One song that uh, that Lizzo has that um, I just took a DNA test. That song, that song is internationally known. Like my students are walking through the halls and singing that, and so I think that that song is a song that's like, okay, she's a this and she's a that. But Ari, I can listen to. Her entire CD over and over and oh, yeah. over and oh, over Shea, again. Shea Butter Lizzo Baby CD, is one of my joints. Yeah, Shea Butter Her Baby. irritating. I, I played that record earlier in this show as a burn notice. Shea Butter Baby, like when it first came out, like I, I man, that shit. I had that shit on a playlist the day it came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was pushing that shit around. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this shit is a vibe. You know what I mean? But um, uh-huh. I don't know. I guess as a fan, it starts to annoy me a little bit when like when like you complain after the award show about this validation that you were seeking, but this whole time we've been listening to your album, you haven't behaved like a person who was seeking this validation. So it's like, nigga, we listened to your album. That should be good. That should be enough. Like you're a new artist. You just put out your first album. You didn't win a Grammy. I mean, you didn't win the Soul Train Award the first time around. Fuck the Soul Train Awards. That's what everybody else been doing. Apparently, that's why they ain't going to it. So you just got the rude awakening of it. But once you go complain that they didn't validate you, then I'm like, okay, well, I guess me listening to your shit is not enough. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter here. But I, I, I recognize that I can be an entitled fan sometimes. And I also understand from the creator's perspective why that might have bothered her. So it's like I can see both sides of it. But sometimes the entitled fan in me wins. And the entitled fan is the one who made this podcast. So 
<laughs> you guys are going to hear some of that title <laughs> shit. Um, unpopular opinion number three. The best and only way to sleep is naked. Covering yourself up with the top sheet is unpleasant and unnecessary. I, I'm with that shit. I, 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 I'm a naked sleeper. I, I'm, I'm into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. sleep in clothes, but yeah. I need a cover. I can't like well, the whole, a cover, but the, 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 the top sheet threw me off. Yeah, I, I've never used the top sheet. I think ever in my entire life. I think I don't think I've ever used the top sheet as a sheet. I'm sitting here looking in my mirror, and my top sheet is tucked. So yeah, I've never. Yeah, I guess I don't use mine either. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people. I, I didn't know that people really use those. Apparently, it's like it's supposed to be the barrier between you and the blanket, but it's just like. Nah, nah, it's too much. Yeah, agreed. Okay, unpopular opinion number four. Pine trees are the worst. They are fine in a forest and on Christmas morning, but trash in every other way. I'm with that agreed. shit, too. I'm with that shit, too. I, I, um, <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know who was the judge or who was the committee that came together one day and said that pine trees had to be... Christmas trees, like, who, like I would be considered weird if you walked into my living room and I had a palm tree in the corner. I was just going to say a palm it. tree. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would be swag, yo, but everyone would call me weird because for, because it's not a Christmas tree. And I'm like, well, who the fuck decided that um, fir trees or pine trees were, were, were the Christmas, Christmas trees? Tree. They shed everywhere. I don't want to smell pine all day long every time I'm watching TV in my living room. Um, them shits dry out and get all bristled. They're a fire hazard. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of reasons why. And I don't want the fake tree. So it's like, if I'm going to go get a fake tree, it, they made fake fir trees to solve the problems that I just named about the real fir trees. So if you have to go buy a fake mm-hmm. version of a tree in order to mimic that tree, then the tree is trash itself and we should move on to something else. Like, I don't think people realize that we can change this shit. Like, I don't give a fuck what they did years ago when they created that shit. If we want palm trees to be the new Christmas trees, we can do that shit. Hallmark and them gonna have to get with it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Trust right. me, you will, you will see a shift happen all across the board if people just did this shit. But people won't do it. We're brainwashed, so... We're going to go get fir trees. I, I, I know I'm going to go get one. I know I'm talking shit, but I'm not going to put a palm tree in the living room. because. <laughs> but I want to. I, I really want to. But I don't feel like dealing with the fallout. So I don't know. I might put a little one in That's my funny. I might put a little one in my office just to be funny. Like <laughs> get like a little mini palm tree and just sit it on my desk or like a bonsai or something. That'd be my that'd be my Christmas tree. See what happens. All right, unpopular opinion yeah. number five. This one, when I looked at it, I I was not going to add this to the list because I'm like, uh, I, I, I fuck it, it is what it is. So, unpopular opinion number four. Unpopular opinion from the internet, not from KJ, from the internet. This one was actually on Twitter under the hashtag unpopular opinion. If you don't <laughs> like it, Go holla at them. You can find it just like I did. Um, boobs being sexualized is not a social construct. People won't stop lusting after you just because it's legal to show them in public. So apparently there, I, there's been for a while this whole free the nipple movement. And I'm guessing that that is a thing to where um, 
for 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 all to, to make a long story short, yo, it should be for equality reasons. Women should be able to walk around topless the same way that men are. And <laughs> and that they're they're getting pushback because people are saying like, well, it's going to be a distraction. And I can agree with with what the women are saying. They're like, well, it's not our fault that boobs are distracting to men. It's because we sexualize them, which is true. We do. However, I don't know how that ever really changes. Um, but I'm with it. I mean, shit. It does like, not. I, hey, I'm with it. Look, if if people want to walk around exposed, in the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if I formulate an idea or a thought in my mind that's very unpure, I think that that just goes along with it. But I don't know. I don't even know what I can and cannot say about this. I'm over here dancing around this little fucking statement because people can go clip this sound bite up and they're already going to do it anyways. They didn't just put me, they didn't chop me together and like mix me in with like a Donald Trump speech and they got me sounding real crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got me sounding crazy right now. So I'm going to just moonwalk out of this shit and ask you, what do you think? Wait, I think, I think that I think that this could get very, very, very messy because some people got boobs that sit up all amazing, so they all just there, you know, just sitting there looking all cute. But then you got some people that should be on their knees, and I just feel like that shit don't get messy. Like, I think some stuff needs to just be left alone. Like, put on a shirt, put on a bra. It's okay. Like, we don't have to be... And that's like saying... That's kind of like saying men can walk around with no pants on. Because breasts have become sexualized. And, I mean, let's be honest, though. You don't desexualize things. Like, it's not going... For the world, it's going to be so hard to desexualize breasts. Right. Like I think Unless men start having breasts. Like, real bad breasts. Like now, some men, there's some men with breasts. There's some men with breasts. Hey, hey, look, I might even have a little A cup going right here. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> I might need a sports, but I mean, sports like, bra. Myself. Real breasts, <laughs> real wow female titties. They like. You know what? I just had a I joke like that I'm not gonna to say. I, I just had a joke that I'm not gonna <laughs> say. But now nah, there, there's men that got real, real. real <laughs> There's men with some real breathlessness out here in these streets. I feel like I knew what you were about to say. <laughs> but I'm going to get, I'm believe it. Was it a dinner joke? <laughs> hey, look. Uh, you said it, not me. <laughs> go ahead and her. Go, go. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. All right. So, in the spirit <clears throat> of the holiday season, we're going to get down to the bottom of this controversy there's two controversies and it is which pie and what cookie is better for pies we got sweet potato or pumpkin and for cookies we got chocolate chip versus oatmeal raisin what side are you on you can only be on one side and you can't switch <laughs> um, for pies, I'm gonna go with sweet potato pie no matter what. Um, I hate to be a person who says like because as an educator, you 
it's certain stuff you don't say and it's certain stuff you know but at the end of the day white people I'm make educated, pumpkin but pie. I'm still a human being <laughs> yeah like I'm still human and I think that like black people don't usually make pumpkin pie so I think that if you're white you're always not always but a lot of times you're going to pick pumpkin pie but black people are usually going to pick sweet potato pie because they don't have pumpkin pie in my fucking house Right. And if I eat a pumpkin pie versus a sweet potato pie, I'm always gonna like sweet potato pie better because it's sweeter. It's, I, and I, I hate to make everything about race, but that's serious. Like, um, my friends were saying something. They were saying they were gonna have like I'm having friendsgiving, and I'm in Costa Rica, so I'm with a bunch of white girls, you know, and they're nice, they're sweethearts. They, you know, it's a good, a real friendship, a good friendship, but. We're having Thanksgiving, and they say, "Oh well, for Thanksgiving, um, who's gonna make the the green bean casserole?" <laughs> and I said, "What the fuck is that?" And I'm like, "You nope. never had green bean casserole? Nope. Absolutely not." <laughs> so I think I think it's like it, that's a real a real. I think it, it's a such thing as having like it's as it being like a race thing. I don't think. A lot of black folks is eating pumpkin pie like that. And for real, it probably comes but, down to back in the day, whenever someone first made these pies up, whoever was the first person to make sweet potato pie probably did not have access to no pumpkin. So they was like, you know what? Right, let's, right. Let's whip up a pie right. that's like that pie, but we ain't got no pumpkin. What can you use? Oh, fuck it. Let's use we these use sweet, sweet potatoes. potatoes. You know what I mean? We're we going to use these jams. Yep, exactly. <laughs> 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 so I agree. I, I I'm always picking potato pie. Always, always, always. And the cookies, chocolate chip oatmeal raisin. I think that one has a lot to do with age. Oh, okay. I'll be real honest. Explain, explain that for me. It's a different take. I feel like once you start to adult, chocolate chip cookies become less. Um, amazing for you. You start liking shit like oatmeal raisin cookies. I never liked oatmeal raisin cookies until after I was like 21 and like chocolate chip cookies started to be too sweet. Then it's like, uh, okay, I want an oatmeal raisin cookie. I never liked oatmeal raisin cookies until I was an adult. And I think that, like my mom says that too, she never liked oatmeal raisin cookies until she had kids. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, for me, That's chocolate chip. That. I think it has to do with age. For me, chocolate chip cookies is one of those things where I've had more different versions of it. You know how everybody, you know how you can't eat everybody's spaghetti. Like spaghetti isn't just universally good across the board. It depends on who makes it. It's like <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese be smacking. But it ain't universally smacking across the board. Some people can make fucked up macaroni and cheese. I'm sure there's people that can make bad oh, yeah. chocolate chip cookies, but I've had less experiences where I didn't like different chocolate chip cookies than with oatmeal raisin. To where it's like, it's only some people oatmeal raisin cookies that I really like, all right, this is hitting. Except for the ones, I think they call Salsalito or some shit. I don't know. They come to the Otis Spunkmeyer or whatever. I'm probably saying that right. They come in the, under the Pepperidge Farm. Damn, I'm putting two companies together. Mm-hmm. They come in the white package. It's like the white Pepperidge Farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those ones. Those oatmeal raisin, the soft baked joints, those be killing it. You know what I'm saying? But 
I don't know. I've had more experiences where chocolate chip cookies have been a more consistent like. Now, that could be due to the fact that most of these people haven't been baking these from scratch. They just go buy the tube and yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. So so it's more consistent, I guess. And that I don't know, do they have oatmeal raisin in the tube or do you have to really make that? Yeah. Yeah, so everyone who makes oatmeal raisin cookies. No, I think they got oatmeal they got oatmeal raisin and like the little like the ready to bake oatmeal raisin cookies. I think they're better. They taste better when people actually make them. But they got uh the ones that are pre made. I think snickerdoodles are better than all this shit. I don't know. For real. I don't know why they're not in the conversation. <laughs> Damn. Snickerdoodles. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> now them motherfucking butter cookies. Okay, all right. You know all the right. butter cookies yeah. that they put that they they put the little the little wave thing at the top. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, know what you're talking about. about. They got the hole in the middle, you know the ring. You put it on the finger like the ring while you yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Don't, no? don't try to skip past that. Don't, don't make it seem like I'm the only person that put the butter cookie on my finger like a ring. Am I? You, I know you did that. Oh, no. No, oh, okay. I used to do that. Okay. I did. I to as say. a kid, I, I did. I, See, I did, today, it, I, did it as a, as, I did it as a grown-up. Around my finger. I did it as a grown-up. <laughs> like, if I had some butter cookies. Right now, if I had, probably not. If I had a butter cookie right now, it would legit be on my pinky. Facts. Right now. You know what else? I've grown, like, I, I started to like since I got older, and I never liked these cookies. I never liked Oreos as a kid. I never, ever, ever liked Oreos. Since I've been in Costa Rica, that is one of my favorite snacks. And I can eat a whole pack of Oreos by myself mm. and just sit and just eat them. I never liked Oreos, and then, like, now all of a sudden I love Oreos. Yeah, I've always loved hmm. those and Nutter Butters. Um, damn. Oh yeah, nutter butters, they see my shit. <laughs> we just took this cookie conversation to another place. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now we're talking about everybody's favorite cookie. <laughs> How about let's talk about cereal, though? <laughs> All right. So, um, that's so funny. So before we get out of here, um, I got a quick, um, so my unpopular opinion had to do with binge watching and it's not really even an unpopular opinion. It's more or less like a conspiracy theory that I have. And my conspiracy theory is that Netflix (laughs) has waged war (laughs) on Disney, (laughs) on Apple. And I'm telling you. BT and y'all, y'all niggas is next, yo. You know what I'm saying? If something happens to their streaming service, please believe me, Netflix got something to do with that shit. Um, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, well, Disney Plus came out and then people was rocking with it. A lot of people signed up for it. Um, I think they paid $7.99 a month for it, and then some shit started happening. And the servers started crashing. And everyone who just paid for the service could not get into their account and watch it. No one knew what was happening. No one knew why. Then some people were getting it. Some people weren't. And then the black market happened. The black market, the bootlegger is going to find an opportunity. And the bootlegger saw an opportunity. So there are Disney Plus accounts for sale online right now going for like $3. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Apparently... 
Disney servers have been hacked and a bunch of accounts have been compromised or a bunch of accounts have been created that aren't being paid for. It's like a whole thing with this Disney Plus thing. But I didn't have it, so I didn't notice it. What I did have was Apple. And for some strange reason, every time I thought it was my internet. So I took it and plugged it hardwired into um, to my office internet, right? So I know ain't nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. internet. And I also plugged it into the Wi-Fi at my school. And I know ain't nothing wrong with that internet. And I don't know if it's just me, but my Apple is mad glitchy. Like Apple TV Plus, every time I try to watch a show, mm-hmm. I get through maybe like three or four minutes of the show. And then it's buffering. And then it closes out. And then when you try to refresh it and um, click and go back to where you started watching it again, it starts back from the beginning and makes you watch this dumbass commercial for whatever show they're trying to promote. And it just, it just, it's just, you know, I don't have those same problems with my Netflix account or with my Amazon account and I'm watching it on the same device. So it's hard for me to believe that it's user error. It's like, yo, I watch Netflix all the time on my laptop when I connect it to my hotspot for my phone or I watch it on my phone or on my Roku TV. I don't have any issues with Netflix ever, Hulu ever, Amazon ever. Got mad issues with Apple. Yeah. don't think it's a coincidence. And I don't know. I think Netflix busted a move. You know what I'm saying? They definitely stayed off their execution for a little while because everybody's trying to kill Netflix. And Netflix, um, yeah. I mean, they're over there in Silicon Valley. I'm pretty Netflix, sure. they snap yeah, I think I think once Disney gets their shit in order, they could possibly bypass Netflix. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna say why? Because the generation that's buying it right now is the generation that watched all of the stuff that's on Disney. Right, right. The um, replacements and all of that Disney stuff that we can't see anymore. That is stuff that, like, our generation is, like, really, really paying for this stuff right now. You know, our parents, they watch stuff, but my dad, he watches the same stuff. You know, my mom, she watches the same stuff. We are the ones who are paying for this stuff and wanting this stuff. So I think that eventually, if they get everything in order and they get stuff right and they start to put the right stuff on there, like, it's going to be a big deal. A big, big deal. But Netflix killing everybody right now. Facts, yeah. And I mean, I like some of the shows that are on the Apple platform. I just think, like I've said before, that they don't have enough to make it a thing where it's like, I feel like I have to pay for it every month. Like, it's one of those kind of things where I, I, I paused my account. And I plan on paying mm-hmm. for it again. But I don't plan on paying for it until, like, February. Because you're only dropping uh, one, you're dropping one episode a week, so you're not getting ready to get me like that. Like I want to see the whole season now to even know if I want to watch season two. So I'm gonna wait until season one right, right, of right. all these shows is over with. Then I'm gonna get it again, binge watch through it. That's what they're trying to stop me from doing because everybody has this issue with binge watching. I think that binge watching um, gets a bad name. But that's definitely going to be one of the unpopular opinions for next week. But just to close out, while we're on this Netflix topic, what is your take on this Monique versus Netflix lawsuit? Because I'm a little confused. I'm not really confused, but I have to keep saying that I'm a little confused because 
it sounds better than me saying Netflix. I don't think they discriminated against you because you're black and because you're a woman. I think they didn't want to fuck with you because according to their numbers, you might not be worth what you think you are. Now, just to be clear, $500,000 is low in comparison to what others have been reportedly paid for comedy specials. I just don't know if it's low for Monique. It's low in general, so I can't debate that. But I don't know if it's low for her or not. Um, do you have Netflix? <laughs> All right. When last time you searched for... That's um, the only thing I can watch here in Costa Rica. I can't watch Hulu. Uh, I can't get Disney+. Plus. It, all of that stuff says it's unavailable in my country. When, <laughs> when the last time you looked up a Monique movie on Netflix? Never. Okay. When the last time you watched the Parkers ever, period? Oh, no, I used to watch the Parkers. You used to? I, I'm, I oh, love I, so the Parkers. I. I love them, too. When is the last time you watched the Parkers? <laughs> when I had regular cable. Uh, when all I had was regular cable, and they played it on, like, the CW, I think. <laughs> so I started diving into this whole um, I had to do a deep dive into this Because I wanted to make sure that I just wasn't being A biased asshole And I started looking at shit right And I'm like okay Amy Schumer yeah they paid her 13 million She's a white girl They only offered you 500,000 Okay I can see the disparity So then I go look I said well I wonder I don't know how funny Amy Schumer is In the world that thinks Amy Schumer is funny So I don't know whether 13 million was or no? Let me rephrase that. She they offered her eleven million to start with. She said she wanted more money, saying that you know Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock were getting paid a lot more than her, and they paid her more, two million more. So they made it thirteen million dollars. I went and found out that Amy Schumer is the seventh highest overall paid comedian for two thousand nineteen. So even if I've never watched anything that I can remember with her in it. That alone tells me that she has to be considered in the top tier Funny. of white by girl somebody. comedians by somebody. And that's why Netflix paid her $13 million. Ellen, Ellen, they paid her $20 million. Yeah, that makes sense. She's Ellen. I, I don't even have to do any research for that. I know how she's regarded. Yeah, you know what I'm Ellen. So, um, yeah, it was I just... Think... What were you going to say? I'm listening. So, I was about to go into why Monique is get, is going to get paid less. Okay, yeah, let me get that take. But, because a lot of it, I think, has to do with her husband as well. But part of it has to do with the fact that Monique really is blackballed in the industry. I didn't really know why she was blackballed. I knew it had something to do with Precious. I found out what it really was. And now things make more sense. And basically... Hmm. When you win the Oscar for Supporting Actor or Actress of the Year, that there's this unwritten tradition, I guess, that the following year you present the award to the person who won it after you. So, uh -huh. like, Whoopi Goldberg, when she won hers, she did that. Jennifer Hudson, when she won hers, she went back the next year, presented to the new winner when Viola Davis won hers. You know, and they call this, um, there was, it was in a book called The Club Rules that was about the Hollywood system and that there's a certain protocol, you know, that's in place for certain shit like this. Monique basically was like, nah, 
I'm not going to present shit unless you guys do this, that, and the third. You're going to pay for hair, makeup, blah, 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 blah. Monique didn't want to do any press, um, international press for the Precious movie unless she got paid for it. And that this rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And that's why, you know, Tyler Perry and them and, um, you know, Lee Daniels and them ain't fucking with her. So what do you think? Mm-hmm. I think that I think that it has more to do with the fact that her audience now is not as big as she thinks it is. I think that well, me, like it's, it's another generational thing. Um, the generation who is paying for this stuff right now did not. We grew up on the Parkers, but that was it. Like we didn't grow up on her stand-up comedy because when she was out, we were too young to watch that. Well, our parents were like, "I'm not letting my kid watch that shit," you know, because Monique is crazy, like right. doing I've, stand-up comedy. But I've never seen one. I think that I have seen one, and I know that my dad was like, "Okay, that's enough," like because she gets fuck wow, like she be talking crazy, and so I think that. It has a lot to do with the audience. Like, I'm not paying somebody $50 million if I'm not going to be able to make my $50 million back double. You know, if I'm not going to be able to make double what I paid for it, I'm not about to even go there. And I think they know that the audience is not going to be as big as she thinks it's going to be. Right. You, you, you get what I mean? Yeah, like... I think that has a lot to do with it. As far as her husband, I don't know a lot about her husband, but I did hear that um, she has like a lot of negative um, feedback based on her husband being her manager. But I don't know, like, yeah, like I heard people don't really like him, not necessarily her. It's him that they don't fuck with. But yeah, like I'm not sure. I mean, Tiffany Haddish, she said it in an interview when people asked her about her Netflix deal that she's keeping the money amount that she got paid tight-lipped, but she made sure that she said, listen, I secured my deal prior to Monique even talking about how much she got paid, and the amount is no one's business. She said that my business Mm -hmm. run different than her business. I don't have her life, and I don't have that husband of hers. So it's not like it's just some shit. And I'm sure she's going to get paid more. Tiffany is going to get paid more because she just got famous during our generation. Right. So as far as Monique, I looked at the films and that's the same thing that I'm saying, like to where a lot of these people are getting paid more. They've been more active and they've been more popping in this era. But um, Monique Mm -hmm, hasn't really mm -hmm. put out many films um, since she won that big award for Precious. And then the films that she put out in like, like this since 2009. Let me ask you if you've heard of any of these movies. Step in the movie. Blackbird, nope. Bessie. Nope. Inter- I heard of Blackbird. I just never watched it. Interwoven. Nope. These are all movies that not only she's been in, but her husband executive produced. Nope. <laughs> I think that tells it all. <laughs> that tells it all for me right there. <laughs> yeah. All I right. don't know about that one. Well, as usual, it was good talking to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure the listeners um, get a kick out of this. I can't wait until you move back here to the States. That way we can do this live. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be awesome. Having you in the mix on deck for real. Um, I have been working on those tracks that we talked about. As a matter of fact, I did start um, 
messing with the song cry joint. So that shit is going to be fire. Like basically this is where I took it. Like I started, um, I have the sample chopped in a more traditional way to where like you can know where the sample came from, but I did it a slightly different, obviously than than they use it for song cry. Cause I went and pulled the sample from the original song. I didn't go (laughs) cheat how some people cheat and go get like the Jay-Z instrumental and try to like chop that and just throw an extra drum on it and call myself doing something like now I went and got the sample from the original song and re chopped it in a different way. But then, you know how, like, um, at the end of a Drake record, like, no guidance or something, you know how the beat switches up and it goes in a different place, you know what I'm saying? And that's when that one verse comes on there. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how that Travis Scott joins, you know how or Kanye does, like, where the beat switches to a whole nother place towards the end of the song? I already built uh-huh. that whole part of the beat out. So I took the sample from this record and flipped it backwards and went 808 crazy with the trap drums and, like killed it right you know what i'm saying but then it still has that traditional sound that you're looking for for the whole song it's just it it switches up at the end for like that third verse and takes it another place like like you imagine drake getting ready to jump on the record like this shit gets me excited just listening to it i can't wait to send it to you for you to hear it i'm excited yeah super 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 excited all right well well y'all i'm getting ready to play another um burn notice and then I think I'm going to get the fuck out of here um, for this week. So, um, you know, shout outs to the listeners out there. Make sure that you go um, subscribe. Hey, look, you got to look this up on Apple Podcasts and click the subscribe button. And then make sure you give me five stars because I deserve five stars. And if I don't, then you can give me one star if you think this shit is trash. I I mean, as long as you subscribe, I guess you're entitled to your opinion. But, you know. uh, (laughs) Um, now I know people, I told people I was going to wait until next week to do this, but if you're listening to this episode today, you are getting ready to get a head start on the December contest. So these are the rules for the first entry for the first week of the Fashion Nova gift card giveaway. Um, it's going to be a simple one. All you have to do is go to my profile and screenshot my profile, screenshot my profile on Instagram. So it shows, you know, my face, it shows what the name is, whatever. Just screenshot that shit and post it to your Instagram. You have to at mention me or tag me in the post. And that's how you enter yourself into the contest. During the first week of December, I'm going to go. Can I do it too? Yeah, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So during the first week of December, I'm going to go through and see everyone who did it. And we are going to number them. Well, I have someone who's going to help me with that. And that randomly a a person is going to be chosen. And then whoever they tell me won, then I'm going to send that person a $50 gift card for Fashion Over. It's an e-gift card. So I'll send it to your email and you will get it immediately. Once again, I do not have a deal with Fashion Over. I'm buying these (laughs) myself just because I want to give out gifts for Christmas. So I'm tricking all winter long. Well, not all winter, but I'm tricking all December long. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm going to get in on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Matter of fact. (laughs) 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 All right, so, um, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm about to play some music, and then um, I'll see y'all next week on It's Not Just Me podcast. This next burn notice is a song from AMPM, um, who Shamika Marie and Melody Campbell. This is Exhale. Exhale.